How do I know Andrew Tate is not part of the Illuminati? I would now listen to you. Good. And here but we are. <laughs> we're saving the world. This is it. Why will no one say it? You are scamming people. I sit here and I do not think I've made any mistakes, but I was not scamming people any more than anyone else involved in the industry. How much money would it take? Mo, if you're trying to proposition me, it's haram. <laughs> when I heard it's like, you don't even have sex for love or money. I was like, how much money would it no, take? I can't be bought. Forbes have been in touch to put me on the billionaire's list. They're, like, they're asking for paperwork. I'm like, no, sir. I'm not stupid. Your dad was a spy? My father worked for I'm completely loyal because I fix all their problems and I tolerate them and go out with them and deal with all their crap. So I'm very loyal. I don't think that's I'm the very loyal. definition of loyal. It is. Lana. No, but it is. He I said th- it, guys. Listen, <laughs> cancel him on the internet. <laughs> no. He'll tell you all about the pressure Why of being canceled. Cancel him. If, if they're in my house, it's my house. And I'm the boss. And that's what it's going to be because my house on the boss. Do it on camera. No, no, no. Do we'll it on camera. Get the board. Get the board. Get the board. Put it I here. I'm certainly worth more than a billion dollars. Don't worry about my feelings. Right. Don't worry about my feelings. Oh, yeah. It's I fine. Want, I'll just I cry after the weird. podcast. Welcome to the Vibes Show. And <laughs> oh my God, is this this is a nerve wracking episode? So, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today we have by far the most anticipated episode, and one that I'm really excited about. We have the one, the only Andrew Tay. Thank you. I like that. That was a very good intro. That was amazing. Especially considering you don't like me. That was a very nice no, intro. Thank you. Yeah. No, you hate me. Don't worry about me and my feelings. It's fine. For those of you that don't know, I'll do a quick introduction. This is Andrew Tate, the most Google man on earth, the most famous man on earth. He is also a very controversial character. Um, And actually, my sister, I'll say used to, hate him. You just make it sound so bad. You do hate him. Be honest. Okay, so basically, I didn't agree with some stuff that you were saying. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll we'll get into it, guys. But honestly, um, I was never allowed to meet him until my sister's approval and finally, we kind of convinced her. And today, we have so many things to talk about. And guys, before we get onto the podcast, all right, this takes about 10 seconds. If you are new on the channel, guys, click the subscribe button and turn on the notifications, guys. I know you're going to forget. This is a two-hour podcast. So just do it right now while you're watching because we are going to have a part two. Write down your questions in the description box that you want me to ask. So first of all, how are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm surviving. I'm good. How's life been treating you? Because obviously you had the whole the whole fame, the most Googled man on earth, suddenly banned. And just just how do you how did you deal with that whole commotion? I guess for some people, it would be devastating to be, you know, the most Googled man in the world, then banned, and then but then I stayed the most Googled man in the world. So I guess it would have been an emotional uh, roller coaster for some people. But all in all, you just take one day at a time and there's work to do and You just stay true to your mission. It's been pretty good. It's been wild, certainly entertaining. When they lie about you at length, like they did for me, especially in mainstream news, when they tell you so many lies that people's sisters randomly hate you for no reason, (laughs) then I guess that can be a detriment. That can be a problem to deal with. But I understood that the truth will soon come out and people will soon realize that I'm actually a nice guy. And their attempt to destroy me has backfired now and, and it's just destroyed their own credibility in the eyes of many people. So I think it's been pretty good in terms of damaging the mainstream media machine. All in all, I'm happy. You're happy. It, it, surely you must have it got affected a little bit. Wasn't there one point where like, you know what? I just, I hate this. Uh, I wouldn't say no. That never, ever crossed my mind. I understood that in the pursuit of greatness, 
there's going to be obstacles and it's going to be difficult. It's kind of like climbing Mount Everest, right? You're halfway up and then a snowstorm comes. Obviously, nobody wants to be in the snowstorm. Obviously, it's uncomfortable, but you have to semi-expect it and you have to get to the top. So all you can do is put one foot in front of the other and keep on going. For me, it was just a matter of making sure that we managed to fall out effectively, which we did. Flip it on its head, which we did. Become more successful in spite of it, which we've done. And there's always work to do. And as long as there's work to do, there's no time to sit around and mope. You just have to get up and and fight. So um, you talk a lot about the Matrix. They're trapping me. They're attacking me. Who is the Matrix? The Matrix is the... Have you seen the movie? I I have. (laughs) Okay. So in the movie, the Matrix, we're in a a computer-controlled reality, right? They've projected a false reality into people's minds to entertain them while their bodies are being exploited by the machines. And it's very similar here in the real world. You are inside of a reality, which is false. It doesn't necessarily have to be computer controlled, but it's certainly media influenced. But who controls it? The people who are behind the media machine, the people who are in charge of the world, which are also behind the governments. And the point I'm making when I say the matrix is they will tell you false versions of reality. They will tell you things that simply aren't true so that you believe in lies to keep yourself and your mind distracted while your body is being exploited for work. And it's exactly the same thing as the movie itself. We can sit and discuss and go through conspiracy theories of who I believe these people are. But the truth is you have to understand there's very influential people out there in the world with massive amounts of money, massive amounts of influence. And they're trying to push certain agendas and ideals on the population because why wouldn't they? But I kind of want to know, who do you think they yeah, are? Yeah, you said you, you might know. Is that true? You guys are going to try and get me suicided. You're try and get <laughs> because me in trouble. I feel like you know a lot more than we would know yeah, about the whole matrix like... system. So who do you think is behind it? Well, you know? I know a lot more than I even say. But let's, let's give you, let me give you a simple example of it, right? So if you have a company, you have a, you have a podcasting business, let's say. Okay. If you hire a member of staff who doesn't agree with you and doesn't do as you say and doesn't listen to you, you're going to fire him. Yeah. Right? You're going to want people to listen to you because you're in charge and you have influence. So if there's people who print money and they're literally in charge of banks and in charge of governments and they own the world, whatever yeah. they believe, whatever their influence, whatever their worldview is, they want to purport that and propagate that on the, on the population on the planet. And that's what happens where we have these ideas which are very heavily defended and certain ideas which are not allowed to be discussed and a false reality which exists in which conversations cannot be open, dialect cannot be open, certain things must be accepted as fact, certain things can't be discussed at all. And this all comes from the top. This is not an accident. This comes from very powerful people trying to push a worldview on the populace. Do you think Bill Gates is part of the matrix? I think that Bill Gates is an extremely rich, influential person who certainly has had a role to play in certain agendas across the last few years. Yeah, It's not a matter of, you're thinking of it more as a small select room of people who are trying to control their world like a superhero movie. Yeah. It, could be, uh, it could be like that, but it's not like that. What it is, is you have very influential people with a lot of power, with a lot of resource, who are interested in creating slave minds amongst the general populace because they don't want to upset their very fortunate position in the world. Yeah. So... There is a genuine and obvious agenda to attack masculinity as a whole, for example. The idea of masculinity, they like the idea of that being attacked. There's also obvious attempts to accelerate certain other ideas, whether, especially in the West, right? The idea of of children changing gender or putting sex in children's movies like Disney, etc. This is not conspiracy theories. This is all very obvious. People are pushing these agendas and they're pushing them for a reason and they're It's very powerful people who are doing it, and they're trying to destroy the morality and certainly the resolve of the general populace to general people because they want to keep their very fortunate positions, and that's that's what's happening. So, like, these people, are they, like, public figures or they're pretty low-key people? 
I, you're still thinking of it as in regards to who the people are, and I understand yeah. why you're asking that question. I think you just need to understand that the people who are truly in charge of the world are sitting and saying, what is most advantageous to us? Yeah. Is it more advantageous to us if people are semi-depressed, self-obsessed, selfish, don't care about their neighbor, have no morality, atheistic, and will absorb anything they're told without any kind of resistance? Or is it better for us if they think for themselves and they're critical thinking yeah. and they believe in religion and they want to do good to God? And, and the truth is, in the West at least, the first, it's the first answer that things are interested in. And I don't think these people are publicly known. I don't think they're well-known, no. I think there's families that have been in charge of the world for a very long time. And they put, like, faces up front so they don't... Puppets. Go, they yeah. put puppets in front, completely. And these people are beyond money. Like, even during the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, I agree, Andrew, it's all a scam. They're doing it for money. And I said, no, that's a very optimistic way to look at the world. They're not doing it for money. These people are beyond money. They have money. enough money. They print money. They don't care about money. It's about power. It's about control. It's about influence. And it's about having enough people do as you say regardless. And it's an interesting time of humanity we're living in because now we have the Internet and there's supposed to be free speech, but there's certainly more free information. And I feel like a lot of people's minds are slowly waking up to the, the fact that a lot of the things you're told on the traditional news is a lie. The traditional media machine is nothing but a propaganda yeah. machine. And they're trying very hard to still keep control over us and keep influence over us. And they're doing that by especially with the way societies work, especially with the way relationships work, with the way the children go to school, certain things are keeping a very tight grip on because they know it's very important for their power and their propaganda machine. All right, you said one thing. You were like how nowadays it's like this whole gender identity and stuff like that and you know how they spread messages. You saw recently the whole Balenciaga scandal. Yep. What do you think about that? I know, well, I can tell you what I think about it. It's very obvious they're trying to tell the world they're pedophilic. They're trying to tell the world. Would you, would you agree? Would you agree? I mean, I mean definitely. I'm gonna, I'm, go on, sorry. I mean, it was definitely like a very controversial thing, but like, how did they get that wrong? Isn't that bad for their brand? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and pin you down and make you say it. Are they trying to tell the world they're pedophilic? Yes or no? I honestly the, don't the know. Thing, honestly, I don't you do know. know. Why are you scared to say? <laughs> this is the problem. Everyone's afraid yeah, I mean, to say definitely it. Definitely, that's what it shows. But the thing is, I wasn't sure. Like, okay, this is what I was thinking. Could it be possibly? Okay, look. Obviously, I'm totally against what I saw as well. Okay. Um, but like when they were saying that, you know, they didn't see it. Like, because there's different teams handling. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And sometimes you do realize, like, okay, we like we do, we have our own like company as well. But like sometimes, like we. Just by looking away for a second, sometimes the people just do their own this thing. Was not one, like, this was not one photo shoot or one advertising campaign that yeah. happened to have one thing in it which could be misconstrued. This is yeah. every single different advertising campaign across different film shoots by different companies all having multiple references to pedophilia. So it wasn't so a mistake. No. So how could it be a mistake? What's the statistical odds of that being a mistake? It is obviously on purpose. Are they trying to tell you they're pedophilic? Yes or no? I mean, just say yes. This is the exact problem with the world. The exact problem with the world is that people who are sitting here with influence are afraid to have a firm opinion on anything because they're scared of being canceled. Balenciaga just got canceled. They can't come for you. Balenciaga police ain't going to bust in here. Don't worry, I'm here. If they come in, I'll deal with them. It's fine. I'll take them out. You can say right now that they're trying to tell you they're pedophilic because they are. They did it on purpose. They've done it across multiple different advertising campaigns with multiple hints per advertising campaign trying to show you they're pedophilic. And the fact that you guys will still sit here and go, "Mm, I'm not sure. We agree on that. Is is that an agenda? Say they're pedophiles. Say Balenciaga are pedophiles. (laughs) Say it. 
Say the word. Valencia no. Yaga, you not, are a very bad know. person. They, no, they are. And they're doing it on purpose because they're satanic. They're trying to apps, they're trying to destroy the baseline morality inside of humans because once you do that, the slave programming has no resistance. Even things that you know intrinsically are wrong, like pedophilia, for example. Yeah. You know it's intrinsically wrong, but they're deliberately trying to attack your senses and make you sit and question yourself and go, well, maybe it's not so wrong. If they can convince you that having sex with children who have no consent to give is somehow acceptable, then they can convince you of anything. They can convince you to kill your fellow man, convince you to lock yourself in your house because of the common cold, convince you to work a job for no money, own nothing, and be happy and eat the bugs. It's bullshit. And they're doing it on purpose, and they're attacking our senses, and it's extremely important we call them out and make it clear that we know what they're doing, and we're not stupid enough to fall for it. You guys cannot be afraid to sit here and say the truth. We're against that 100%. But you have to say it clearly. No, but it's just that, you know... And sometimes we just wonder, like, re- like, what was the reason? How, like, was it really on because purpose? they're satanic? Was of course, it, it was purpose? on purpose. You know, that's the thing. That's always been a question because, like, sometimes I've seen like working with a lot of people can be super hard. So obviously, look, I, I don't know what the logistics of the whole company was, but obviously, I'm totally upset to see what happened as well. You don't accidentally include port papers from child pornography yeah, that, cases that in multiple yeah. photo shoots. Yeah. You don't accidentally include references to yeah. Ball, a god, which eight children in multiple photo shoots you don't accidentally include works of art that show children naked dancing around fires in multiple photo shoots you don't accidentally put bondage gear with children on accident across multiple photo shoots the the ads the odds of that being a statistical accident you're better off you can win the lottery that's ridiculous it was on purpose, completely satanic. They did it specifically, and they did it to show you and tell you what they're doing. One, because they're trying to assault your senses, and two, because if you actually understand the truth of Satanism, most people don't know this about the world. If you understand how Satanists work and think, Satanists believe in karmic retribution. They don't believe they're allowed to trick you. If you believe in Satan, if you worship Satan, if you're a Satanist, you believe it's important you tell people what you're going to do because then you will not pay the price. There'll be no karmic retribution for your actions. So let me give you an example. If I sell poison apples and I put up a sign saying apples and you buy one and you die, then you were poisoned. If I sell poison apples and I put up a sign saying poison apples and then you buy one and you die, you committed suicide. Uh The fact that I told you what it was means I'm not guilty. I didn't murder you. You committed suicide. So when you do bad things, when you do evil things, the Satanist handbook, you can look this up yourself, the Satanic religion says, you have to make it clear to them what you're doing. And if they don't resist... If they don't stand up against it, then they are complicit. They're agreeing that what's happening is okay. So by telling you they're pedophiles and nobody do anything about it, they could sit there and go, well, everyone knew we're pedophiles. Look, it's obvious we're pedophiles and nobody cares, which is also why it's so important we call them out. You can't sit here and be wishy-washy on some issues. You have to sit here and say, this is disgusting. These are children. They're being exploited. Balenciaga are pedophiles. It should be canceled absolutely with certain language. Both of you have very large pro- profiles and platforms. But, say it. The, say the fact. Uh, Balenciaga are pe- uh, pedophiles. Repeat after me. <laughs> Balenciaga are pedophiles. Yo, but what about... Okay, fine. Why will no one yeah, say it? Okay, What's fine. the fear? The people who did that are pedophiles. Balenciaga are pedophiles. Balenciaga, they can come in the door right now. There's not a single person who works for Balenciaga. I couldn't rip their head off their do shoulders. You, do you believe, okay, uh, in uh, number one second chances, but also that cancel culture, because a lot of people yeah, okay, okay, said, here, for example, here. Andrew Tate is a misogynist. He doesn't like this. He's uh, uh, He agrees with the race. There's no second chances for pedophiles. There's no, no, no second no, chances we're, we're for not, Satanists. No, but the thing is. But we're, we're don't just, you think, not, not misunderstanding, no, if, look, but let's say a lot I of people. Which, if I know that the main person who did that 
then yes, I will literally say you're a pedophile. And I would totally hate they that do, They've they've but done it repeatedly the across is, their entire the advertising is, campaign. Okay, what is, more do you want? But the thing is, can I be honest with you? Like the first time I saw it, I didn't pay attention to it. Like I saw it. I was, but like I the people saw, that did it, they I knew. I saw a teddy bear. Like I literally, I swear down. Like when I saw, I couldn't even. I didn't realize. Yeah, I was low key, I'm, at. I'm gonna be 100. I literally like, saw I just a teddy saw some bear with some outfits, straps. I was like, "What is that?" I didn't even know. Like some people don't. But the know people what that, that did it obviously probably knew. Yeah, they knew. Yeah, they but a lot of people don't. Anyways, know. moving on. We don't care about Balenciaga okay. right now. This whole cancel culture. Obviously, you said Balenciaga should be canceled. But do you, do you agree with like they should uh, be canceled? This is crimes. Yeah, yeah, okay, crime. so this is not canceled. Yeah, but do you think they deserve a second chance? This is crime. That's like saying somebody's canceled for murder or rape. No, Like this is a crime. They're committing a crime, and they're elites which see themselves beyond reprehension. They're elites that see themselves beyond the law. We understand that the Western world is completely corrupt from head to toe. There's private islands where terrible things happen. These private islands are in close leagues with people who are running these fashion brands. This is absolutely disgusting. Children are being exploited. Lives are being ruined. They're trying to show you, because they worship Satan, what they're doing. And they're trying to tell the world what they're doing so they don't face any repercussion for it. They're also trying to assault your consciousness and destroy your baseline morality to make a slave of you. This is beyond cancel culture. This is not some simple Yeah. Bullshit. No, this is a big deal. Cancel and, it, and like when you're 100, 100%. Right, anyways, no, that's what I believe in. Like, um, so you said, obviously, this is a controlled thing. The whole like whatever industry is controlled. And is that like kind of like a, I want to get onto the topic of Illuminati. So you have the Matrix. Yeah. Is that different from the Illuminati? Well, Illuminati is a name for it. The Matrix is a name for it. There's a lot of different names for it. But the, the simple version is there's people with a lot of influence and control which are interested in controlling the narrative and working with their friends. Okay, this is going to be something... I, I genuinely think about these things. Sure. How do I know Andrew Tate is not part of the Illuminati? You have to look at the things I'm saying. If you believe I'm part of the agenda that's being pushed by the Matrix itself, then that could be argued because I am the most Googled man in the world. I'm super famous. I have massive influence. I think the number one way to prove I'm not is because I'm going against all the mainstream ideals. I'm going against the things they want. But if Andrew Tate was part of the Matrix, wouldn't that be exactly what he says to get us on board with him? So in the holy book where I read the Quran, it Uh says that um, sometimes... Okay, look, I'm not saying anything about it. I respect the Quran. I'm listening. I'm just saying, like, they said that the devil came to deceive the people by acting good and then suddenly switched it up later. Yeah, the devil was once an angel. I'm not saying you're a devil. I'm just telling you what I read in the Quran. Yeah, don't talk about Obama that way. It's fine. Uh, What's happening is... Listen, I don't think I'm necessarily a smooth talker in that regard. I am a smooth talker, but I'm certainly not trying to convince people and push them down the traditional route that the Matrix is trying to lay out for people. I'm doing the absolute opposite. So you have to understand that if you see me as an agent of the Matrix, then you must see that all these other ideals they're pushing as anti-Matrix. I, I'm me, me and the things I'm saying are completely against mainstream culture in most ways. We can't both be pushing in the same direction. So you have to choose one. If you believe that I'm the bad and that the mainstream media and their culture is good when they're trying to convince children to chop their dicks off and Balenciaga and, and pedophilia and all the insanity which is on the news, if you believe that's the good and I'm the bad, that's your prerogative completely. But, but that, I would argue that it's completely the opposite it's, it's way around. It's obvious to see. I mean, I, would, I genuinely, I think that'd be the next wave of like taking control because obviously that whole that era was there you know like all right blah blah like you said brainwashing with everything but wouldn't the next that would be get a bunch of people show how bad it is and then bam because i would like let's say if i'm someone that's controlled by the matrix i would now listen to you good 
And here but we are. <laughs> we're saving the world. This is it. We're good. We're here. We're saving the world. That's exactly what happened, which is why they tried to cancel me. They tried to cancel me, not because of what I say, because of my mass influence, because I was extremely influential. And they tried to destroy me and delete me because if you have mass influence and you say things which talk against their agendas, they All don't right. like it. I have a question. So what would it take for us to overcome that? Like right now, let's say everyone watching this is listening to Andrew Tate. Yeah, yeah. Like we want to we wanna fight the system. Okay. What would we have to do collectively to win? All right. Good question. So I truly believe that people still run the world because we decide how much we tolerate. Yeah. And we're unfortunately too tolerant of too much garbage, but we still do have control over the world. On an individual level, I can tell people how to escape the matrix, but on a societal level, it's far more complicated because the unfortunate reality is not everybody can escape. You need some people to believe in the system completely because if everybody didn't believe in the system, then society would break down. Nobody would want to do some bullshit job, right? It would all be gone. But as a whole, people certainly need to learn to reject the slave mind and reject the information that is told to them from the news. Understand that's all a lie. People need to stand up for the obvious injustices they see. They need to state in clear language that Balenciaga are pedophiles, for example. That's very important (laughs) for humanity, for it's clear. It's important that they control your speech because you're not going to think what you don't say. And this is how they control what what people think by controlling what people say in the first place. So that's very important. But on an individual level and on a societal level, they're different things. On an individual level, I think it's very important for you to be a sovereign individual, which is hard to do, especially in the modern world. But you need to have finances. It's hard to be free when you're broke. That finance needs to be in places or come from streams which can't be affected or canceled or turned off by the matrix machine. You need to be financially free. You need a strong network. You need good friends. Uh, you need to be anti-fragile. You need to be available to travel around the world, many passports. There's a whole bunch of things you can set up as an individual. But for the people watching at home, they just need to sit and understand that the system does not make rules for the good of you. It makes rules for the good of the people who make the rules. And a lot of the life paths and systematic processes that are laid out to the average man at home today is not for their own good. It's only going to lead them to depression and misery. It's for the good of the system. It's but, so you said globally, there's there's no way to overcome the matrix? like. That's the thing I'm trying to get at. What are we trying to do? What's the end goal? It's not globally. There's no way to overcome the matrix. I'm saying society would actually function better if some people do believe. So I'll give you an example during COVID, right? When, when I was walking around during COVID and I saw all these people wearing masks, I was flabbergasted that anybody gave a shit about any of this crap. Yeah. I couldn't believe people were wearing masks. Yeah. I was like, why are you wearing a mask? But then you have to understand if people, these people who can be so easily convinced to muzzle themselves, these are the exact same people you need to do a whole bunch of important roles in society that people who are free-minded don't want to do. Yeah. You need people inside the matrix to be soldiers and go die in a ditch, right? You need people inside the matrix to stand in a gas station and, and really care about mopping that floor. So you need these kind of people, right? So, and you're saying, what are we trying to do? What we're trying to do is speak to to the sovereign individuals or the people with, who are capable of having a free mind and help them escape. Just like in the movie, The Matrix, Morpheus says, not everybody can escape. Yeah. Not everybody can. Most people are dependent on the system. They'll fight to defend it. But some people have their minds ready to be freed. But do you think and that's ultim- who I'm talking to. Do you think ultimately, like what I'd say, what, I'm try- what I understand from you is you just think we definitely need a system, but maybe we just need new people in charge of that matrix system? You need, no, you need checks and balances. We definitely need a system. Every system of control is always going to be full of lies. They're always going to lie to us to a degree to benefit themselves. You're never going to have absolute freedom. You're never going to have absolute truth. 
But you do need checks and balances to that system to prevent complete tyranny. You need a contingent of people who are free who fight back and talk against the matrix. People like me, people that people who support me, those who are particularly free thinking, those are the people you need to keep some kind of power balance in place. Yeah. If I didn't exist and people who thought like me didn't exist and nobody spoke up, then it would just be absolute tyranny. And then Balenciaga could just be pedophiles forever. <laughs> there have to be people to stand up and say no and push back. Yeah. In life, it doesn't matter where. In life, if there's no checks and balances, if there's no equal and opposite force, everything becomes tyrannical. So do you think money is power? I think money is related to power, but in and of itself, it's not the only thing that makes somebody powerful. No. But just on the checks, and I'll answer that in more detail in a second, but on the checks and balances question, if, if, if the ocean doesn't reach a point of equal and opposite force, it will just engulf the entire planet, right? There has to be an equal and opposite force at some point. I'm not talking about freeing every single person from the matrix. I'm talking about freeing enough people who are ready to understand how the world really works so that there is an equal and opposite force to the tirade of bullshit, the absolute clown world bullshit they're trying to push on all of us. If nobody stands up to it, we're going to end up just fucking swallowing it all. Yeah. It's garbage. So you need to have an equal uh, uh, army on the other side. Those are my people. I don't work for the matrix. I'm the opposite. I'm the I'm Morpheus. I'm here to free the minds. We're, we're the free people who hack into the matrix and fight against the agents and the machines. As for money being power, money is certainly related to power, but the true power of the world is influence. I am currently one of the most powerful people on the planet. I can influence millions and millions and millions of young people with my mouth alone by speaking. That's why they fear me. That's what my power is. I can sit here and say the sky is green. And if I say it enough, people will begin to believe it. That's yeah. power. Power is influence. And every single thing that's happening in the world today, whether it's a pitched battle in Ukraine and Russia, whether it's the garbage they put on the news, whether it's the video you watch on YouTube, all of it is done with the goal of exerting influence on your mind. They're trying to control what you think. They're trying to control why you think it, why you believe it. They're trying to convince you that they haven't even put propaganda into your mind. And it's all a battle for influence. That's all this has ever been. Yeah. It's all been a battle for influence. So me having mass influence is a threat to them because they can sit there and say, you need your eighth booster jab yeah. and i could say that's bullshit and we have two at two armies two battles of influence against each other maybe one of the solutions is to just step away from media sometimes like a lot no, of but the times you just lose power at that point no just to like get grounded you know in life and just be more focused yeah well it's not just media right because if the media convinces everybody else then it becomes real you can step away from media during covid but you walk outside everyone had a mask on so yeah. you're still stuck right so, yeah, I agree. It's good to step away from media, think for yourself, etc. But most people are not smart enough. Most people are not intelligent enough to self-analyze and defrag their own brains and understand they're being programmed. Yeah. Most people do not have that level of intellect to sit there and say, every strongly held opinion that I have, where did it come from? Who told me it? And do they have my best interests at heart? You didn't like me, for example. I, no, 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 it's fine. I, I actually find it's, it's great for me to make points. So I'm glad you didn't like me. I don't like Andrew Tate. Why? Well, they told me not to like him. Who told me? Well, these people. Do they care about me? No. Like, you, most people don't get an opinion and break down where it even comes from. They just get an opinion and they, they, they defend it. And you'll see people arguing and fighting in the street over opinions. They don't even know where they've come from in the first place. Most people are not intelligent enough for that. So everybody and everything you consume is going to influence you to a degree. The mass media machine is trying to influence everyone. I'm trying to influence everyone. Yeah. I'm right here trying to influence people. I'll sit here and say, I'm trying to influence people at home. I just like to think that those at home understand, yeah, Tate's influencing me, but he is living a life I want to live. He has better intentions. He has a purer heart than the mass media machine and the pedophiles of Balenciaga. But, okay, 
I'll let Lana say it. I don't think she hated you no, because no, of what I, others said. I, I think it was actually, because of what okay, you okay, said. Can I, can I come through, please? Sure. Can I say? I mean, Lana, I, I was, want you to be 100% honest. Okay, tell me, honest, tell you know? me what's wrong. Go on, say. <laughs> I, like, I was the number one, like, crazy fan about you. She liked you at I first. I really liked okay. you a lot, okay? And, um, and I still do, but you know what happened was there were certain things you said. Okay. About women, okay, and that triggered me. I understand. And you know, when it hits you personally, it feels like, whoa! I feel like he's saying this about me. Just, like, just say what did he say? Just say it's like, fine. He was saying that like women above a certain age are like basically useless, and I was like, yo, I basically I've been at home most of my life. I pretty much had like one relationship like yeah. in, like for eight years, and I barely did anything, and my mom even knows that. And I was like. Now every guy in the world is going to think that people That's a like good point. my age are like horrible people. No, 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 no. Let's, still, yeah. let's, let's stop for a second. So no, that's a good point. But let's, let's get it in yeah. context. I did not say that yeah. girls above a certain age are horrible people. Yeah. I did not say girls above a certain age are useless. I said girls above a certain age are less attractive than girls who are younger because of innocence. Now you're particularly innocent, but you're also living for, you're in a very good family and a very good culture in the best country in the world. I'm talking about the Western world. And in the Western world, there's no girl at age, I don't know, 32 in Las Vegas who is pure. Not a single one on the planet. So we can't sit here and apply what I'm talking about for the Western world to the Middle Eastern world. That's the first thing. Second thing, we can't say I say women are horrible when I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the attractiveness of women. And thirdly, I'm not going to sit here and lie to people. And nobody else should sit at home and lie and pretend that innocence is not attractive in females. Men find innocent women attractive. This is why virginity is coveted. This is why you've protected yourself and made sure you've stayed a good woman. This is why all good women do the exact same thing. And in the Western world, as time goes on, women lose their innocence pretty quickly i'm not going to sit here and say that's not the case because it's absolutely not really the case it's fact all right okay so i'm going to try and get through a bunch of stuff because i have so many questions for you has anyone tried to kill you i'd like to think no but perhaps i'm just very good at thwarting their attempts you know maybe i'm just hard to catch there's there's certainly been some interesting situations but i'm not going to talk about them here on the podcast i'm under attack every single day they're attacking my character they're attacking my integrity they're attacking my finances they're attacking my freedom they're attacking my companies every single day i wake up and there are people on the planet whose goal is to attempt to destroy me so i am under attacks all right now i heard somewhere you bought a bank that's a payment processing for the real world I also have to be very careful how I answer some of these questions because if I tell, give too many details, they might mess it just, up the deal. Well, it yeah. destroys my power, right? So, for the real world, when I was attacked by the mass matrix machine, they also attacked Hustlers University, yeah. which was my online school that teaches people how to make money online. We have 18 modern wealth creation methods. We teach everything from the things you know about crypto stocks, copywriting, et cetera, to some ideas people have never heard of. Yeah. We grew exceptionally large. We had people who were making a lot of money inside the school. We had 150,000 students. So when they canceled me, they also tried to attack my business. They deleted the payment processing, deleted the banking, yeah. et cetera. So when we relaunched, we've relaunched as the real world, escape the matrix, come to the real world. Is, is it launched now? It's like launched. The-, the real world.ai. It's now fully online. It's fully functioning. We have 161,000 people. We have completely built our own app, our own social media platform. It's not hosted anywhere else. It's not on Amazon servers. It's not on Google but servers. How, how do you make money now? Because obviously you said the payment processor, you have your own payment. Right? I have my own bank, which has a payment processor included. So absolutely everything about the system is outside of the matrix. From the second you pay to the place you end up where you're talking to people and taking lessons, none of it is controlled by matrix control platforms. It is absolutely the real world, which means I control it completely. I cannot be censored and we teach people how to make money. All right, now I want to go back. Um, What was your first job? I worked in a fish market carrying boxes of fish. Do you remember how much that paid you? I think I was making 25 pounds a day. So I'd start at 7 a.m. 
and I'd carry boxes until about 5 p.m. And when, when was the first time you actually made some money? I was kind of up and down. I was working in the fish market, but I was still fighting at the same time. I was training. Obviously, I was really young. Started to make a little bit of money fighting, but not much. And then I, I had different jobs. I sold television advertising and worked for an advertising company, etc. And I had my own business for a while trying to sell TV advertising. And I had a bunch of sales jobs back and forth, worked for car sales. I'd, I'd, I'd always been doing this and that going from place to place. Um, unless it was a sales job, I never really took it that seriously because it was the unlimited commission that I found attractive. But outside of sales jobs, I just did my very best to do a little bit of work and just sit at my desk and, and ignore most of yeah. it, ignore most of it. But I did a whole bunch of things. It's been an eclectic, long, interesting journey to end up where I so, am. So I heard somewhere you said at 27, you made your first million. Around 27, 28, yeah. I'd say by 30, I may have had maybe 10, which, which now to me seems ridiculously low. But at the time, I was super proud of that. I'm now 36. If you Google my net worth, it comes up at 350 million. And that's certainly very low. Right now, what is your net worth? It's a lot more than what they say is on Google at 350 million. You're not I, I'm the most influential person on the planet. So 350 million no, is but low. Let, let, no, but let's, let's, let's talk about this, right? Because net worth in and of itself is bullshit. Because how do you quantify net worth? It's, yeah. it's nearly impossible. It's a valuation, right? It's a valuation and the valuations are all skewed. I, I am certainly worth more than a billion dollars. I, I can tell you why. One, for the things I own, which I'm not going to say here on camera, right? Yeah. Which is a bunch of it. Two, for the companies I have and the amount of money they generate. Once again, I won't say on camera because nobody would believe me, believe me even if I told them. But third, what were we saying earlier in this podcast? We were talking about how the most important thing on the planet is power, not money. It's influence. I'm the most influential person on the planet amongst the number one demographic that the Matrix wants control over, which is military-age males. I can talk and people will listen. I'm the most Googled name on the planet. I could take a perfume and sell a billion dollars of perfume in a month. If I wanted to sell my soul, which I've never done because I've never sold trash to anybody. I've never sold a crypto pump and dump like everybody else has. I've never sold any shit to nobody. Yeah. All I sell is my university because it's fantastic and I can stick by it and it has five-star reviews all over Google. So I don't sell shit to anybody, but I could sell I could pump a crypto coin to billions of dollars. I could do anything for any brand and the number of brands who have come to me trying to make me align with them. And I've said no, because I don't truly believe in it. I'm the kind of person who can't be bought. You cannot buy my soul. If I don't truly believe I won't sell it to anybody. I am a hundred percent with the amount of influence I have. And how do you quantify influence from a net worth perspective? How do you take the most Googled man in the world who has the most influence on the planet? How do you put that into dollars? It's I difficult. Just, I'd say how much money you're making now, potential 10 exit approximately. Bro, I'm a billionaire. You're a billionaire. hundred percent. Talking about crypto, would you ever make your own crypto coin? I love crypto, right? It's great. Bitcoin ETH, go transact across country borders, blah, blah. It's fantastic. I've made some money on a pump. Everyone loves a pump. The problem with crypto is that it's player versus player. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand this about crypto. And it's actually very funny because when people launch these crypto coins, they get these telegram groups and they call these, they get these communities. And you go into community and everyone in the community is like, yeah, we're all going to make it together. Da, da. And I look at these communities. I'm like, no. Those are your competitors. Those people are who's going to buy it when you sell it for more than you bought it for. Yeah. Like you're all against each other. So they try this community crap. So the person at the top can just dump on them. The truth is about crypto is it's player versus player. If I buy a coin for a dollar, the only reason I can sell it for $10 is because someone else buys it for 10. Yeah. It can't go up forever. The guy who buys it at 10 is going to lose yeah. eventually. So if I launch a crypto coin, I have to understand that a percentage of the people who buy it, a percentage of my fans are going to lose money in yeah. my name. I don't like the idea of people losing money in my name. Now, I'm not saying I would never launch a coin. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying that this is my reservation on the whole thing because I know if somebody joins my university and works hard, even if they only make 
$300 a month, for yeah. example. It only costs them $50 a month. So they make more money than they invest. Nobody can lose by associating with my brand. Yeah. This is why my brand's so powerful. Everybody who is a Tate fan and truly listens to my words is in better physical shape, better financial shape, better, better mental health than they've ever been in their lives. Yeah. Becoming a Tate fan is a life hack to improving your life. You cannot possibly lose by listening to me in any regard. Yeah. Whereas with a crypto coin, some people will lose money. And I can't sleep at night knowing that my fans lose money. I don't want that. I'm not a scammer. I'm not one of these. I'm not Logan Paul. I don't sell crypto pump and dumps. I'm not a piece of shit. I want everybody who's associated with me to win and only win. So for that reason, I would be extremely hesitant about launching a crypto coin. And the, the day I do it, if I decide to do it, there's going to be a lot of checks and balances and absolute transparency to make sure that nobody loses money. Maybe a stable coin. Perhaps. We have NFTs now. So at topg.com, we have an experiment in which you can get a free NFT with a piece of merch and we do limited runs of merch. We do like a hundred t-shirts and they sell out with really quickly. And if you buy the t-shirt, you get a free NFT and the NFTs are completely free and they've already got a floor price and they're already starting to be traded for a lot of money. So people are getting free NFTs in my name with merchandise. We're doing that. And I'll do that because the NFT is free. So nobody can ever say they lost yeah, because they, you, they got, you got it free. Yeah. You got it free and you sold it for 500 bucks. You win, right? Yeah. So we're doing that with the merchandise. The coin I'm thinking about, but all in all, my biggest intention is to expand the university and by extension expand the war room on the top of that which is my private network and those two things are things that nobody can possibly ever lose from do you do you invest money yes a large diversified portfolio a lot of people know you for being rich yeah you know what color is your bugatti yeah. <laughs> you know you yeah, have yeah. a bugatti which i'm very sad you didn't come in next time sorry bro how many cars do you have 33 as of today i believe 33 cars yes okay how many ferraris i had an 812 which is the only, it's the best Ferrari, hands down. I had a 458, and then I've just bought an 812 competition. So that's three. Three Ferraris? Yes. How many Lamborghinis? Lamborghini Huracan Evo, one. Where's the other 30? Like, how right, okay, so I have an Aston Martin DBS and an Aston Martin Vanquish S. I've got an M5 competition. I've got a Brabus S63. I've got three McLaren 765 LTs. Yeah. I've got three of them. These are on order. They haven't been delivered yet. I've got an Aston Martin Valhalla on the way. I've got Kernizek Jesko on the way. Ooh. I've got a Rimac Nevera on the way. I've got an MC20 on the way. I've got two GT4 RSs. I've got a GT3 RS on the way, a new one. I've got... Uh, Are you going to buy another Bugatti? But the Pure Sport's the only good one. I don't like the others. Devo? No? It's the same engine, same gearbox. Okay, so I could, maybe. Sorry. So your favorite car is obviously the Bugatti. No, yeah. no, no? Mm, like mm, in your top top car, it. right? I like it, yeah. but it's but, yeah, yeah. So, but like, let's say, um, so obviously you love the supercar, but if there's like a regular car, like what it would it be like that's opposite to the supercar that you like, like your regular Toyota. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm either driving a supercar or I like to be driven. I'd rather be on. The Actually, car. you said one thing one time. You compared women to cars yeah. or men to cars. I think. And it was like, you know, when you're driving a supercar, it's unreliable, but great. Yeah. But if you drive a Toyota or a Nissan, whatever, they're yeah. reliable. Yeah. So, so what's your take on that? It was just giving an example. And I was trying to explain that in the world we live in, as beautiful and diverse as it is, there is no such thing as a benefit without obviously an equal and opposite force, which yeah. is going to be a downside. So the benefit of a supercar is that it's a very high performance and it's very good looking and it comes with a lot of status. But the downside is, of course, the cost and the reliability. Yeah. And it's less functional overall than a less beautiful car 
And the point I was trying to make is that if you want a very high status, flashy man, he's going to come with some downsides. There's going to yeah. be some detriment to that. Yeah. Same with a beautiful woman, right? If you get a beautiful woman, beautiful women have bad tempers because they get to because they're beautiful and everyone puts up with them. So it's just how it goes, right? So if you want to have a really beautiful car, if you have a McLaren, it's going to break down sometimes. If you don't want your car to ever break down, then you have to sacrifice the speed and the looks yeah. and go for a Toyota and you get something more reliable. Okay, last thing, because obviously I want to move on from the money side of things. How many houses do you own or property? A bunch. Plus over 10? Over 10. Under 50? Under 50, yeah. Okay. What's the most expensive house you bought? Do you know? 13, 14. Million. All right. So you moved to Dubai. Yeah. I heard you are about to make a very big property purchase. Really? And this is obviously, I don't know if I'm allowed, guys. I, I know Andrew. I know his friends kind of thing. Yeah. I, I heard, let's say, it could be a ridiculous property. Are you, st- are you st- maybe? I'm interested. I'm looking. We'll All see right. how it goes. So obviously, you became Muslim. You used to be an atheist. Yeah. How did that whole like change happen? Well, first, you, first from atheism, the first thing you have to do is accept that God is real. So I, I got there by seeing and being exposed to all the evil and degeneracy in the world. There's an equal and opposite force, Newton's third law. Yeah. For everything, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The equal and opposite reaction to pure satany and debauchery and disgusting degeneracy has to be God, which yeah. proves that God must exist. I guess I naturally reverted to Christianity because I was raised as a Christian when I was a child and I was living in a Christian country, but I always had a very healthy respect for Islam. Even for many years, I was talking about yeah. how much I respect Islam. And then over time, you, you understand that for you to truly worship and believe in a religion, you have to respect the religion. And I had more respect for Islam than I ever had for Christianity. And that's yeah. where you ended up believing, becoming a Muslim. Now, now I- I'm certainly not an Islamic scholar by any regard. I don't want to be, you know, since I've, since I've reverted, a lot of people ask me very detailed questions. I'm on a journey like everybody else. I'm new yeah. to this like everybody else. I'm not, I'm not here to quote the Quran. I don't understand a lot of it yet. I'm just studying yeah. like everybody else is. But I have a very healthy respect for the belief system, and that's why I understood it's the place for me to be. But how did you learn? Like, did someone teach you? Did you have Islamic friends? Or, you know, I'm curious. Yes, I've always had Islamic friends. So I grew up in the Islamic, the Great Republic of, uh, sorry, the Islamic Republic of Great Britistan. So I understand that. <laughs> what? Yeah. You've never heard of it? Uh, no, I've no? never. The Great Republic of... The Islamic uh, Republic of Great Britistan. Britistan. Yeah. yeah. London, never heard of that one. Londonistan is its capital. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in an Islamic country, uh, effectively. Everybody I knew was Muslim. And uh, England is an Islamic country now, de facto. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's completely Islamic. So I grew up with a bunch of uh, very close Muslim friends. And I've always been not envious, uh, but certainly I've had um, a large amount of adoration for their respect for their families, respect for their culture, their brotherhood, the way they operate. I've always thought it's the fantastic way to be. Yeah. And it's been a very long, ongoing conversation. I've been exposed to the religion and people who were Muslim for a very long time, my entire life. Now, since you become a Muslim, have you stopped drinking alcohol? Yes. I might drink a little bit now and again, I don't, I, but I don't, think I, I don't think I'll ever drink again. A lot of people nowadays, and this is something that kind of saddens me, but you... It's one of those things you can't just say, here's the wrong. But I feel like a lot of people nowadays are becoming Muslim for publicity. Who, who would you say a lot of people? And, and I've just generally, like, it's, it's one of those things where you get a feeling. And not, in your case, not really, because like whatever people saw it, but not really. But like you see a lot of people, like the first thing they do, like but the I, second they're trying to convert is like a whole like vlog yeah, process I mean, I, and yeah. like videos. And yeah. the, the thing I hate about it is because I, let's say you, when you became Muslim, you were talking good about Islam previously. Yes. And I see people that do it in like a very comedic way and they still don't respect it after they become Muslim. Yeah. 
So I, I know, and, I, and that's terrible. I don't know who you're. I don't. I can't think of anybody who's specifically yeah. done that. But if that's happening, then yeah, it's absolutely disrespectful. But God knows the truth of our hearts, right? Yeah. yeah. So I know that my my reversion is sincere. I understand that because I'm in the public eye, there's going to be some degree of people who question it. But I know that mine's completely sincere, and the people who do it in a non-sincere way, God knows the truth, and uh, they're yeah. not going to be able to fool Him. So good luck. But no. I personally, I I support it. No, definitely, definitely. Showing it, you know why? Because already the internet is so polluted with no, so I, much I like shit. It. It's the way you show yeah. it as well. And it was a good know, way. You know, I'd rather see that. No, than definitely, it was a good else, way. Like the well, what was actually funny is that it was it was me and a really good friend of mine, Tam Khan, and we were in the mosque, and he was teaching me how to pray because I didn't yeah. know exactly how to do it. He was teaching me, and and the video was recorded. Like we didn't ask for it to be recorded. We didn't think, oh, this is a good way to do publicity. And anything you ever see of me in a mosque, you will never catch me or my friends with a yeah. camera. We're not recording anything. We're just going. And then obviously this is what happens. People put me on yeah. TikTok. No, on the most, there's thousands of people there. And but if that, if you think about it, this is how the kids are learning now. So obviously for better you guys to teach them to pray than something to, else. For completely. you guys to do that, you know, honestly, it takes a lot of guys. And um, you know, obviously we do know people are going to immediately start attacking or judging. But how else can you convey a message to sh- when you're, the little kids' eyes are on the internet now? Back in the days like yep. that, we barely had a, iPads or phones. Now yep. they do. So at least let them see that. You know, Com- completely. And, and someone else said to me, they said that it's important that someone like you that has all of the worldly treasures or everything that you could possibly ever wish for in this world still understands the importance of believing in God. And that's yeah. good for the children to see as well. So, so final question, because we're on Islam. Now that you're a Muslim, do you pray? Yes. Do you question wanna, is, do you do the five how, how, times, yeah. do you <laughs> five pray times five? a day? Or I'm not praying that. five times a day, but okay. I am praying. Okay, here and there. So At least he's d- trying. I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm a Muslim and I, and I don't pray five times a day. I'm, I'm trying and I'm yeah. being honest. I'm not going to lie to people. But yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to people because that's lying to God. I mean, I'm a Muslim. I, do. I don't pray five times a day. I don't you know? pray five so. times a day. Do you have friends? A few. Because <laughs> it's uh, am I hard to like? Is that what you're trying to no, say? No, 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 like, no, no, I, no like genuinely being like in the friends position around you. That you are, you obviously it's very difficult. A lot of people are gonna be around you for clout, for money. You know, they're just gonna abuse you at some point. Like people you consider um, friends, but, you know. Obviously, everyone is. You ask anyone that's met you once. Oh yeah, I'm Andrew's friend. Like he's my guy. You know. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. I have a very small circle, but every single one of my friends has a utility. Like we're all very capable individuals. We're all doing very important things. We all help each other and aid each other in different ways. Yeah. I don't have any friends just to sit around and talk shit and do nothing. Yeah. So I guess in many ways people would say, oh, well, Andrew, you have family and business partners, but I consider them my, my friends. We, yeah. have a, we have a very short, small network of five, maybe six people. And yeah, they're my friends. I'm not the kind of person who can fall victim to some random Fake stroking friends. my eagle, ego. And I, I'm not a dummy. Like I'm, I know a lot of people get rich and they're dummies. That's not me. You don't I, have yes men around. I don't you. have, I don't have any new friends. I have the same circle I've always had. In fact, it's getting smaller by the day. It gets smaller, not bigger. I don't have these random friends I party with, none of this kind of crap. Well, what would it what would it take to be Andrew Tate's friend? You'd have to be useful to me because I think every th- single relationship in the world needs to be a value exchange. Yeah. I provide value by default, by being me. That's who I am. I'm a capable and competent individual. Yeah. If you're going to be my friend, you need to provide some value to my life. Now, a lot of people, when they have friends, the value that's provided by their friend is that their friend makes them laugh or that their friend is yeah. funny. 
well, I don't need that crap. I'm busy, right? So yeah. I need someone who's actually useful to me at real things. So, <laughs> uh, no, but it's true. And it, it's not a shallow way to look at it because people say that's shallow. Not at all. I think that uh, in true friendship, in true relationships, whether it's man, woman, or man, man, or woman, woman, there needs to be an exchange of value. People need to both gain and receive value. And that's how you build true friendships. So you need to become useful to me. And the problem with doing that is that I already have extremely useful people around me. We can already do everything. I don't really need, need friends. More. I don't need anybody. So when someone comes and goes, hey, I'd love to know you. Why? What, what, what do you want to do? Sit around and talk shit? Like yeah. what? What do you want to do? It's more like, hey. Like, what do you want to do? Like, a, like yeah. I'm trying to do X, Y, Z. I'm fighting the Matrix. Can you fight the Matrix? Can you fight? Balenciaga are coming. Can you shoot? Like, yeah. If they can't do anything, I don't want to hang around with these people. Now, okay, this is a question I really want to know. How many people on this earth do you trust? And I mean fully and utterly trust with your life. Four. That's more than I expected. No, but you know what's actually kind of funny? What? There are people you can trust with your life, but you couldn't trust with women. Okay. And there's people you could trust with your life that you couldn't trust with money. I'm telling you, this is true. And I know guys right now who will go to war with me and die on the street beside me in a knife fight, but I would never lend him a hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. So it's difficult. So when you're saying trust, you mean completely trust in all realms? Yeah. That would be about four. But if I had to raise an army in certain spheres, I might be able to stretch that to 10. Yeah. But th- that's about it. Okay. Now I have a few weird kind of questions, I'd say. You said this, not me. Uh, <laughs> you said. He as, said it, guys. Listen, uh, cancel him on the internet. No, He'll tell you all about the pressure what? of being canceled. Cancel him. No, it's not we're a bad not, thing you said. Me, we're not fighting It's not fire a bad thing fire. you said. Uh, you said, it's, it's funny. It's, it's a funny one. You said, <laughs> you only have sex for love or money. Why else? That was actually during a podcast. I was talking to some girl and she was trying, so the girl was trying to get me and I was like, look, okay. we, we don't love her money and you don't have any money. And I was just making a joke. Okay. It's, so it's, it's, it's not for money. It's for love. I think that love is the most important uh, but, driving force. But how much money would it take? Well, it depends who we're talking about. <laughs> Mo, if you're trying to proposition me, it's haram. <laughs> no, no, I just want to know. Haram. Because when I said that, like when I heard it's like, you don't even have sex for love or money. I was like, how much money would it no, take? I, I would never sleep with somebody I don't want to sleep with ever for any amount of money. Okay. So I, I can't be bought. I can't be bought. What if, what if it was like, you kind of like them, but like still it's not enough? Like, is there, how much money would tip over I, that? I, I can't be bought as an individual. My soul is intact. My heart is integral. You cannot buy me. You cannot convince me. Show him that million check. Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, okay, fine. But I, I thought maybe there's like a, a price tag you have in your head. No, there. like if, 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 if a woman wanted me to sleep with her and I wasn't that interested, the way for her to convince me to do that would not be money. She'd okay. have to do something else. What's your opinion on marriage? It's heavily dependent on the specifics of the relationship and the geogra- geography in which the relationship is set. Because I think in the Western world, marriage is just suicide. I don't think it makes any sense at all. Now, obviously, if you had a, a lady that is Muslim. Yeah, but is it truly God-fearing? Because there's Muslim lady, let's say there's Muslim women in the U.S. who are drinking alcohol and and. No, let's Starbucks, say you have that. feminists running around saying almost they're not Muslim. Yeah, they're not Islamic I agree, at all. I agree. I so you, you also have to keep in mind that's a sliding scale. And the truth is you have to be a logical actor. When you're creating your life and constructing your life, if you're playing the game of chess, you need to make the moves which have the best possible advantage for you and the least possible advantages to any 
to your opponent, right? Yeah. You have to stop leaving yourself open to be destroyed. And the problem with the Western world is that marriage can destroy you. Marriage can destroy you. It's, it's designed to destroy the man the second it doesn't work out well. So, so it's it's not very intelligent to sit and decide in the America, but I love this woman. No, Let not in America. Let's say now you're here, obviously. You're Muslim now. And you meet Muslim girl, strict family. Yeah. And they're like, listen. I have to get married, yeah. Oh, you would get married. Yeah, for sure. What's your thoughts on arranged marriage? I think it's a great idea. Really? Absolutely. Who knows better than dad? Dad knows best who, who the woman should marry. Absolutely. That's a fantastic idea. Oh, well, okay. yeah. Arranged marriages, don't they have, they have a, they have a far higher success rate than any non-arranged marriage. Yeah. I think it's a really good thing. It means the dad's involved. The dad knows the family. They've been correctly and properly vetted. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Great idea. So obviously you're, you're a ladies man. Um, this is actually just kind of like advice. Like right now, someone watching this, how does Andrew Tate get a girl? Actually, I don't care how you get it, but how should a guy get a girl? Oh, how should a guy get a girl so in general? So you're not talking about yeah, Andrew. Yeah, uh, yeah. For him, it's easy. Like, he doesn't even need to say anything. Yeah, Bam, I'm Andrew Tate. Yeah. Money, Bugatti. Come yeah. here. Come here. <laughs> come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really long answer to give there. But truthfully, it doesn't matter if it's getting a girl or it's making money or it's getting status. It doesn't matter what it is. As a man, we live in hyper-competitive environments. I don't think enough men understand how competitive the world is. If you want a girl, you're competing against other men. You're not the only man who had the idea of getting that girl. There's no girl you're going to see and go, oh, I'll get that girl and didn't cross anyone else's mind. Everybody else wants her. You have to outcompete other men. You have to be as competitive as possible. You have to be as successful as possible in all realms. You have to be as good looking, as funny, as smart, as spontaneous, as interesting, as charismatic, as rich as possible. You need to try very hard to be your absolute best. And as you become a better man, you'll crack through different tiers of attractiveness and eventually you get to the top and you'll be able to have any girl you want. But the truth is, I have a lot of guys ask me, similar to your question, a guy will come to me and go, how do I get a girl? I'm like, bro, you're a loser. Yeah, but I know, but how do I get a girl? Well, you're a fucking loser. You're a loser. Why are you asking me? It's like saying, how do I win a race with a push bike? You're racing Ferraris. What do you want me to do? Yeah. There's only so much you can do. There's only so hard you can pedal. There's only so many tricks and, and tips. There's only so many game things you can say, yeah. so many pickup lines. If you're a loser, it's going to be very, very difficult and it's going to get harder and harder. The game is rigged to become harder and harder for men. It's not getting easier. It's going the other way. And if you're going to be on a racetrack and there's going to be Ferraris there and you're going to be on a pedal bike or in a Nissan, you're going to get smoked. That's yeah. the game. You have no. to up yourself. You have to improve yourself. I'm not going to lie to anybody here and say you don't have to improve yourself. You can stay a loser and, and get chicks because you can't. Yeah. Uh, you can't. Question. What do you think girls want from men? Good question. Do you want the truth or a lie? No, tell me. Do you the, want the, the truth or truth, a lie? Of course. Of course. Know. They all say truth. I want the truth. You could just tell me the truth. Then you tell them the truth and they cry. <laughs> um, every time. Uh, what women want from men? Well, the first thing we have to understand is that... It depends, right? Of course it depends. It depends on how old the woman is, what part of her life she's in, if she's looking for excitement and adventure or she's looking for a family and to settle down. It completely depends. But in general, if a woman is going to dedicate herself to a man, then that man has to be all-encompassing. He yeah. has to be a man who can fix most of her problems. He needs to provide stability and safety which everybody knows, but not many people consider that he also has to provide drama for her. He also has to be entertaining for her. If, you're, if a woman only talks to you and you're the only man in her life and there's never any drama or there's never any, I wouldn't say conflict, I'm not saying necessarily start an argument, but if there's never any drama because drama is excitement, then they're going to naturally try and find drama somewhere else. And that always ends very badly for the man. You don't want them to try and find drama outside of the relationship. Women sit there and watch the Kardashians all day. They're addicted to drama. It's what they care about. Yeah. So if you're a woman's entire world, you also have to be the person who can, you have to shock her a bit. You have to be the person who can upset her. You need yeah. to be entertaining, all-encompassing from head to toe. 
Women want to be with a man which keeps them entertained and a man which they trust and a man which they believe can fix all of their problems. This is another important thing. If a woman comes to you with an issue and you can't fix it, you'll see very quickly how, how soon they lose attraction. Would you ever date a Kardashian? Me personally? No, I don't think I would. What's yeah. your celebrity crush? Do I have a celebrity crush? Come on. I'm sure you do. I saw a video of Dua Lipa a long time ago, and okay. she was an Albania doing an Albanian traditional dance. And I thought she can give me strong Albanian half sons, maybe her, but I think she's some feminist or some crap. So if I, <laughs> if I were to talk to her for more than two minutes, I'd walk out. I'm sure. All right. That's, that's good. At least we got that's the answer. All right. Now what's your thoughts on abortion? I think it's Haram. All right. That's it. Done. Done. I don't think, I don't think that you should be ending human life. And it's interesting, right? Because there's a whole big argument about this in the States, but I, I don't think you should be ending human life. If your primary concern is that, you know, oh, I'm too young. I need to experience more. Experience what? What? Restaurants? How many yeah. restaurants do you have to go to? Yeah. How many times you got to go eat until you eventually realize you're going to eat shit? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't see what else there is worth doing. Okay. So, well, what about in cases of rape? Yeah, I, th- I think just we'll put that one. Maybe you didn't. No, we can talk about that one. But every single time the abortion argument is brought up, this very specific case is brought up. Let's let's be honest. That's less than 0.1% of what But in abortions. those cases, if they're raped, would you accept an abortion? I, I think that if you're raped by somebody completely random on the street and yeah. a rapist did this to you, then yeah, I think the idea of an abortion makes a lot more sense. Sure. But to say that abortion's okay because women sometimes no. get raped, like th- that's a false. No, 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 no. That's no, a false not saying in a specific case, you know. It's in a specific case. Yeah. But I think if you're with a man and you're having sex with that man and, and you get and you get it, and you yeah. get pregnant by that man, you should just accept the responsibility. He's like a fucking adult and have and have some life. And the thing is, as you grow older, if you don't have a bunch of children, your later years are filled with deaths as opposed to being filled with births and life. I think if you don't have a family yeah. or you don't have children, as you get older, the, the twilight years of your life are just everybody you know slowly dying and there's no new life injected. So yeah. I think it's very important to do and maybe young people don't understand that in time. But all in all, I think there's nothing more worthwhile for people to do than have children. And if you can financially afford it, then that's what you should do. I want to know more about you. How many languages do you speak? One. Why would I learn any other language besides the perfect language, English? English is the number one best language I'm going to call Kappa language your, of kings. I saw your brother post on his story that he was looking for an Arabic and Russian teacher. My brother can learn languages. He enjoys <laughs> it. He wants to, right? But I, I, I refuse to speak other, any other language in English for two very important reasons. I feel like you're saying that just so people don't know how many languages you speak. I'm telling yeah, so you. He, he just low-key be understanding Yeah, everyone. he just listens <laughs> I to only everyone. speak English. But I also, but you know what? It's actually interesting. In this part of the world, in Eastern Europe, where I live, Romania, etc., it's very common. In fact, it's completely considered normal for people to speak more than one language because yeah. everyone speaks their normal, their host language and some English. It's very normal. Yeah. When English is your first language, knowing a second language is extremely unusual. Yeah. It's very rare to know a second language and English is your first language. Okay, but if you had to learn a second language, what would it be? I don't think I'd, I don't like, I don't want no, to know a second if language. you had to. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, ru- it'd be, it would be Russian or Arabic. But, but the, the problem with learning a second language is no matter how hard I study, I will never be as compendious and concise and interesting and compelling in that second language as I am in English. Yeah, because so like perfect. In yeah, English. I'm perfect in English. So why would I speak in a language which I don't speak as well as in English? It's a theoretical question. I, I know, but I'm just explaining why I don't learn another language. <laughs> All right, now... You are top G. Thank you. All right. I'll take that. But as top G, yep. have you ever been scammed? No, I don't. I, in recent history, no, I don't think. 
now you've asked that question. I don't think I've ever given money to anybody or anything and was I either gave it knowing I wouldn't get it back. Which but is no, okay, even though knowing you, you might not get it back, has someone kind of pulled the fast one on you? Never. Because if someone goes, oh, hey, can I, can I, I've got this idea, da, 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 and I'm like, okay, this is never going to work, but he's an old friend, so I've done that. But that's literally me giving the money away. Okay. I've never been scammed, no. I've never been all scammed. Right. Now, obviously, you were banned on all platforms, but recently you got unbanned on Twitter. Yeah. Was that because of Elon Musk? It looks like it. The big G, big E. Are you guys friends? I, I guess so. He must like me. I mean, hey, Elon. <laughs> hey, like, go to the moon. Have you ever spoke with Elon Musk? Not yet. Okay. Would you like to? Sure. I mean, I know that in the, in the timeline, on my trajectory, with my time on the planet, the chance of me speaking to Elon is 100%. All right. What's your, what's your weirdest celebrity encounter? Or like, yeah, celebrity encounter. That's a good question. I met, I wouldn't say it's the weirdest, but certainly probably, in fact, not probably, 100% definitely the coolest was Steven Seagal. Okay. So I, I met Steven Seagal and I've, I've met him multiple times and we spoke for hours and hours at length. And Steven Seagal is a childhood hero of mine. He's always been one of my heroes. His movies are my favorite movies. And they say never meet your heroes, but that's not true with Steven Seagal. Meet, meet him because he is completely based. He understands the truth about the world, the truth about the Matrix, the truth about the lies they tell you in the West, the truth about the lies of the media. He's completely based head to toe, extremely intelligent, great to be around. And Steven Seagal is a badass. Um, so I saw you're hanging out with Aiden Ross. Yeah. How is it? Oh, yeah, that's the relationship. You guys are that a really cool duo. I, I must admit. I, I want to meet Aiden, to be honest, like, just because of the relation you guys like, have. Do y'all have like sleepovers now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. isn't like, he at your house right now? Or did no, he he's, flown, he's flown back now. So he flew here to see me, but he's so, gone. So, now. how is it? Aiden's, Aiden has potential. It's my goal to try and fix him and make him realize and reach his potential. But it's difficult because he's living in a, a little a, bubble. Yeah, he's living in a bubble inside of America. And there's a whole bunch of garbage around him. We'll see if we can instill some discipline in him or not. We'll see. Now, I have a question. Do you take medicine? No. Well, it depends. Well, I mean, now, I, well, cur- well, currently, no. I I'm try saying, very hard not to. But if I'm, I'm not going to reject malaria meds if I'm not. No, like, let's say like a Panadol. No, no, zero. Is that like I don't take painkillers. So you never get headaches or... That is one thing. You know, my father used to go nuts about that when I was young. And I didn't understand it. And now, like every other thing with my father, I completely understand how right he was. This idea... We're going to fix this now on this podcast. We're going to fix the world. Buckle up. Yeah. This idea of random, just random headaches is bullshit. It's bullshit. If you have a headache, it's for a reason. Did you hit your head? Yes or no? Well, no, you didn't hit your head. So are you dehydrated? Probably. Have you drunk a bunch of water? If you really drink a bunch of water and you didn't hit your head and your head still hurts, have you laid down, had a little nap? Maybe you were tired and now you feel okay again. Why are you taking drugs? I know people who just randomly four times a week, I have a headache. Let me just take this pill. What headache? Was your brain falling out? Is your brain rotting? Why do you have a headache for no reason? It doesn't make sense to me. It's stupid. A lot of it's psychological. A lot of it's placebo effect bullshit. And it's an entirely wrong worldview. You can't just go through life medicating yourself for imaginary fucking illness. It's dumb. So um, you mentioned psychological. So you, a lot of uh, teens or young people or even adults, they're suffering from a lot of mental health issues. Okay. And what's your advice to them? The world is hyper competitive. If you're going to be a man who's going to sit and say, I'm just sad, you are always going to lose in competition to men like me. And there has to be losers for there to be winners. I am tired of sympathy. Sympathy doesn't work for anybody. I'm not going to sit here and be sympathetic for people who say they're too sad to try hard and be their best. Guess what? 
Perhaps I was sad every time I did exactly what I was supposed to do and trained anyway. Perhaps I was afraid when I fought anyway. Perhaps I was tired when I worked anyway. This is how you get ahead in life. I don't have a fucking ounce of sympathy for these people who sit here and say, well, I feel this way, so I can't. Then don't do it. Stay down there. The winners are at the top, and the winners at the top don't give a shit about how they feel. We wake up and we perform regardless of how we feel day after day. So if I'm going to ignore my own feelings, I'm certainly not going to take into consideration anybody else's. Why am I going to ignore how I feel and make sure I'm constantly performing regardless flawlessly and then sit and go oh but he doesn't feel good so he's allowed to fuck up no you are not you're not allowed to fuck up to your ancestors or to god or to yourself you have to perform this is how it this is what being a man is about the baseline of masculinity is doing things you don't feel like doing i can't comment on being a woman because i'm not one but the baseline of masculinity as a whole is the thing that makes a good man a man is that he does what he doesn't want to do he doesn't want to work and he works anyway he doesn't want to go to war and he fights anyway he doesn't doesn't want to get up he gets up anyway that's the whole point of it we didn't want to die in the titanic guess what happened we died in the titanic you can't sit there as a man and say you don't feel like it you're not allowed to not feel like it you're supposed to do it anyway regardless so when a man sits there and says oh but you don't understand i'm struggling with motivation if you are struggling with the motivation to be a winner then stay a loser no problem stay a loser don't care because in my circle there's no losers around me your energy is disgusting i find it revolting i don't like weakness around me even near me even people coming up saying hello to me if you're depressed don't even shake my hand i do not have time for losers on any regard winners only yeah now what's your biggest fear i don't like uh the ocean i'm i'm terrified of the ocean why Why? because what there's fucking sharks in there it's dark yeah i don't like that and deep like whenever i jump in the the ocean from a yacht like i have Uh, to swim back same same same, straight Straight away yeah uh, so we agree on that one all right i can't be in water and it's like way globally Uh, and there's things nah 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 nah. no way no way like people find it like one of my biggest fears is an animal it's not even a shark it's a whale yeah, because it'll accidentally just swallow you up <laughs> yeah. with the plankton. Oh Everyone goes, whales don't eat people. How do you know? If they open their mouth, you're in there. You're done. It's That's gone. it. They're not going to be it like. spit you out. Oh, yeah. Halfway down <laughs> his throat, you could be like, you're yeah. not supposed to eat me, bro. With all the acid in bro, there. what is that? Let me spit him out. You're toast. No way. And there's jellyfish and that. Nah, fuck all that. You know what scares me most about the ocean? You know the Mariana Trench, the deepest part in the ocean. That's deeper than a uh, commercial flights uh, cruising height. So when you're on a plane and you look out the window, that's that. when you're up on a plane and you look out the window, all that depth at the Mariana Trench, it's actually deeper than that. That is insane to me. So when I look out, every time I look out a plane's window, it's just kind of, I know it's a weird connection, but every time I look out the window of a plane, I'm like, never going in the ocean again. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> never going in the ocean again. No way. What do you think about this whole identify me as a they, the he, she, they, them culture? I think that it's a pathetic attempt at individualism. People want to be individualistic. People like the idea of getting attention. It's a very easy way to garner attention from the universe without any kind of merit. The traditional way to get attention in the world is to do something which is merit worthy. I had to go out and become a world champion kickboxer and fight and become rich and become important and say interesting things for people to pay attention to me. But if you're a loser and there's absolutely nothing about you which is special or unique and you want attention, you can sit and try and police other people's language with this complete garbage because it's going to attract attention, whether negative or positive. Some people are going to support you. Some people are going to be negative about it. And either way, it's attention. So it's purely attention-seeking bullshit. But that's not what's scary about it. What's genuinely dangerous about it is two things. 
One, the idea that they're trying to propagate it on the children. The fact that they will not leave children alone and they're going to sit there with children while their minds form and try and push these idiotic agendas on them is, is more than criminal. It's genuinely satanic and it's disgusting. Leave the children alone. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're LGBTQ. I don't care if you want to call, your, call yourself a zebra. I don't care if you want to stand on your head. I don't care what anybody wants to do in their own private life yeah. with their own private time. But I do care what you try and tell my kids. My yeah. children, they are mine. And everybody else who's raising children should have the prerogative to decide what they are told and taught. You cannot sit there and force these agendas on children. This is the first thing. And the second thing I don't like is when they try and police other people's speech. There are certain countries in the world today, Canada being one of them, whereas if someone decides to change their pronoun, if I decide to become a she, unless you call me a she, you are breaking the law. You are forcing and mandating by law for other people to participate in a delusion because that's exactly what it is, is a delusion. And forcing other people to believe in delusions by law is wrong. So I don't have anything against it on the individual level, but when it expands out on the societal level, it offends me. Okay, so how how would you raise your kids? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. I was like, you said about kids, so how will you protect your kids? Well, that's that's it. It's very difficult now because your children are constantly exposed to all this garbage on the internet. It's hard, and the agendas and the machine behind them is constantly attacking the psychology of your children. It's extremely scary, and you have to do your very best to keep them God-fearing, keep them disciplined, and make them understand at a very fundamental level that your parents know best, daddy knows best, that the machine does not know better. I'm the one who raises you. I'm the one who takes care of you, and I'm the one who's going to have the final say on basically all of your opinions until you reach 18 years old, and that's how it's going to be. Now, quick one. What would you do if your son was gay? I get asked that question a lot. I don't, I would not disown my child if he was gay. I don't care, right? I would not allow my child to be a degenerate person, right? So if he was gay in his own privacy, in his own private time, I wouldn't care. If he was gay and he was a gay rights activist and he was walking around in bondage gear on a gay pride parade in public, then I would disown him. Not because he's gay, but because he's degenerate as a person. I don't care if you're gay or straight. You should keep your clothes on in public. You shouldn't be walking around in bondage gear, gay or straight. There's nothing to do with sexual orientation. I don't like degeneracy. I think degeneracy is repulsive. So it depends on how he acts. But all in all... it wouldn't be that fancy. I mean, you said disowning, but like you don't think maybe um, talking it out, trying to give a like a chance. Like yeah, to she was, how would you deal with it so, on a personal like, level? Like, would you it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen out? to me. It's not even gonna happen yeah. to me. So the odds of me having no, a gay son. Is and we're not saying just that. We're saying like you know, with everything, not just that. It could have been anything like that. You don't agree with with the way you know how the kids, you know how they're yeah. just going so, straight. So, yeah. So the, I mean, the odds of me having a gay son is zero percent, but. It, it, or let's uh, say they do something that, you know, is controversial. Well, it depends on their age and it depends what they do because I'm not going to negotiate with children. I see a lot of full-grown adults negotiating with children and it's disgusting. I see full-grown adults sitting there with kids going, hey, you know, if you're good today, I'll give you some candy. So, I, don't do nego- I don't do business deals with kids. Children are going to comply. Yeah. They're going to obey me. When they reach an age of adulthood, then obviously we can have a discussion because they're, they're fairly sentient and they're also capable of living in their own terms. But as long as the child needs me for survival, it's my way or the highway and there's not going to be any negotiation. There's not going to be any business deal. If I sit and say, turn the TV off, they're going to turn the fucking TV off and there's not going to be any... There's not going to be any discussion. There's not going to be any deal. There's not going to be any reward for them complying. Their reward for complying is the fact they continue to exist. You're going to turn the TV off because dad said so. Turn the fucking TV off. Yeah. And that's how I was raised now. I'm going to raise my children exactly the same way. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to listen to me. At what age do you think a kid's an adult? 
I think around 18, I guess legally that makes them an adult. That They still have a lot of learning to do. They're still stupid and they're still going to make a lot of mistakes. But around 18, they're certainly old enough to live on their own and, and survive. So I'd guess around 18. Let me clarify. If, if they're in my house, it's my house and I'm the boss. So that's it. I don't care if they're 23. If I say turn the TV off, it's my house. And that's what it's going to be because my house on the boss. So before we get on to more businessy stuff, I kind of want to switch the topic. We'll come back to more business in a little bit. But obviously, since Lana's here, topic of women, love, all that stuff, you know, what do you look for in your dream girl? I think innocence is attractive. Uh, obviously, that's the first thing. Nobody wants a female that lacks innocence. Innocence also comes with a lack of experience to some degree. You like a woman you can show the world to and be her first conduit to many beautiful things in the world. Yeah. Respectfulness, complicit, compliant, um, happy. I love happy women who are always smiley yeah. to take the stress away from a hard life. I have a very difficult life. When I come home, I want my woman to be happy and smiling. And a positive force. That's the whole point. I go to war to live a very good life. And when I come home, she has to be my sunshine. That's the goal. You want a ray now, of sunshine. What are three red flags in a woman? If she is overly social or has a bunch of male friends, that's the first thing. That's obviously a massive red flag for obvious reasons. Uh, if she's very aggressive, hyper-aggressive or hyper-masculine, that's, that, that's definitely a red flag. Some women, especially in the Western world, are becoming like that. Yeah. And if she believes in any of this feminist ideal garbage, and when I say feminist, I don't mean everyone believes that women should be able to have an opinion on certain things and believe that women should be able to drive or whatever. That's yeah. fine. But when I mean like full-age, full-crazy feminists like the West, that's, that's a massive red yeah. flag. Now, do you think it's more important to love or be loved? It's a good question. No, because let's say you might not necessarily love that person fully but they that, love you don't like don't you believe in you receive what you like no the energy i don't think you receive what you give if i had to choose i would be the one who's beloved i would rather be the one who's loved now okay this is just one of those quick fire questions if you had to choose money or love it's hard it's impossible to <laughs> it's impossible to choose like there's too many nuances to the question i can't choose but i do think that love is extremely important humans are social animals yeah and you, and you do need love they say money can't buy love and that's true but money can help facilitate love yeah let's keep that in mind and but, how many times do you think like have you been in love everyone has of course but how many times would you have you been truly in love I, i'm not sure um I, i've never i've never been there's never been a period of my life from the age of 15 to now where i've not had a woman who i consider myself in love with i've never had a period of loneliness ever wow i've never had even three days with that when i couldn't wow five, never ever so ever. You, you've never really been alone in your life well no i've never needed to be so do you I could, I mean, I could be, and I'm saying I could take a week away and go by myself somewhere. I'm saying I've never had a period where I didn't have a girl who was in love with me ever. Don't you think that that might be one of the keys to your success? Because when you have someone that's, that's on him. there, and you, no, no, I, I'm not saying that was the reason, but b believe me, to be with someone makes so much of a difference. And people don't realize this. Like we, we have been made to be in pairs as much as people, tr you know, are, you know, are alone. And they sometimes say, I don't need someone. But I feel like it completes you and, you know, it gives you a drive in life. You know, you get, you get more excited. You do your work you know, you have something to look forward to. No, I understand what you're saying. I mean, the person who has been beside me on this meteoric rise to world conquest has changed. There's been a bunch of them. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've always known that I've, I've had to provide for not just i mean i've provided for myself but i've always had someone else i had to take care of and and be respected by and work hard for um i've always wanted my partner to have respect for me and how hard i'm working so yeah certainly 
every single thing in my life has played a part in the successes. All right. Now, obviously, your dad was probably one of your biggest inspirations, yeah. or biggest part of your life. How is your relationship with your dad? Yeah, the fantastic, flawless. I think, my, I, think I had the best father on the planet. Uh, I was very fortunate to be raised by the greatest man on earth. And uh, my children will be very fortunate to be raised by me because I'm the new greatest, most greatest man on earth. So, By the way, your dad used to be a professional chess player, right? Correct. Do you know how to play chess like your dad? Not like my dad, no. Yeah. I can play chess. So. But you can play? Yeah, for sure. And by the way, she's going to offer this podcast. I, she wants to challenge if you. If I challenge you to a chess match. Get the board right you? now. Do it on camera. No, no don't do it off camera. Get the board. We'll do it right after this. Get the board. Put it here. We'll do a wager match. No, do it after. Do it now. No, because it's coming. It's coming. The chess is coming. Bring the board. Obviously, your relationship with your dad was great, but this is something I heard you say, and I, 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 it kind of shocked me. Your dad was a spy? My father worked for the CIA. He was a linguist. A ling- what's that? A linguist. He spoke five languages, my father did. Wow. You see? <laughs> yeah. But, but he, he, he spoke them for a, a reason. So my father was a native English speaker. He only spoke English, and then they, they took him into the, arm, the Air Force. He passed, uh, when you join the Air Force, you do a test. He did fantastically in the IQ test. He's top one percentile, so they moved him over to a specialized division to learn languages, and he learned Russian, German, Spanish, a bunch of languages. Did you learn anything about that? Like, did he ever talk to you about it? He told me that every single thing that you're watching on the news is a lie. He told me that they keep us in the dark. He told me to resist a slave mind. He told me that when you watch the news, your only goal should be to understand what they want you to believe, not to believe it. Yeah. And he made it very clear to me the Matrix existed even way back then. That's, oh, that's very interesting. So your, your father wasn't rich. No. And I, I heard um, you said somewhere when he passed away, unfortunately, like at, he had no money. He had $12 in his pocket. That's when, wow. That was it. Exactly $12. $12 to his name. To his name. This is something that you always push like, you need to get rich, you need to get rich. In that situation, like what, what would you say to that? You know, because some people might say, well, if you're pushing this and your role model is your father that didn't have money. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, my, the goal of a son is to be a, a, a built-on better version of his father, right? Yeah. So my goal as my father's successor is to be even more successful than he was, to be a better version of him. Yeah. I do my very best. I still think he was better than me in most regards. But in the one area I have surpassed him is, is clearly financially. But my father had a different mission, and he was focused on what he did, and he did a fantastic job of it. But yeah, he was not financially successful. I'm actually glad for that, because I'm glad I was raised completely poor, and I was raised broke poor. I wasn't raised, everyone goes, I was raised poor. No, no. I was raised completely broke. We were in a homeless hostel, and we changed country, and we were living with a bunch of Kosovan war refugees, and we, we had a really bad story. But that's been good for me. That was part of the life plan that God made for me. But yeah, my, my father was not financially successful. I am, and, and, and that's actually plaguing me a bit because I don't want my kids to be raised rich. So I have to, to find a solution for this. So I yeah, and, and I was going to say, obviously, this is a famous quote. Hard times create strong men. Yep. Strong, strong men create good times, and good times create weak men. Yes. Now, you're a strong man. Yes. Thank you. Are you going that. to create weak men? <laughs> yeah, so I've, I'm going to create good times for my life, but I'm very conscious of it. So because I'm very conscious of it, there's no way my children will be raised rich. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are you going to like make them kind of struggle in a sense? I'm, I'm going to make them struggle for real. Not in a sense. <laughs> They're going to struggle for real. They're, and I mean it for real because they have to understand there is no safety net. I never had a safety net and they can't have one. So yeah. I'm going to make sure that they struggle for real. They're all going to be UFC champions. Every single one of my children, you're going to see them in the UFC. You're going to see the name. Um, yeah. So they're all going to fight because they don't have to work. I have money. So I'm going to f- make sure they pursue struggle in the hardest possible combat sport on earth. That's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm talking about that because Lana doesn't know too much. Um, 
And I, and I think it's such a beautiful story. How did your dad die? Because it's a beautiful story. Just Lana doesn't know it. Yeah, he was playing chess. He was uh, sitting at a chess tournament. He had won his first two games. Um, he was in the middle of his third game, and uh, he was winning. It was a winning position, and he stood up to go toilet, went in the bathroom, came out uh, about a minute later, said call an ambulance, and passed. Uh, unfortunately passed out and never woke up again. So, and the ambulance got there quickly. They got there in like three or four minutes. They yeah. were really close by. So he died at the chessboard, which I actually think is good. That's where I think that's a beautiful story. That's uh, he lived his whole life at the chessboard, and I'm glad he died at the chessboard. That's where he yeah, that's where like, he died doing what he, what he loves. loves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he died at war, which I also think is the masculine. It's the masculine way. To, it's the masculine imperative. You can hope the best you can hope for is to die yeah. at war. So. Obviously, I want to move past this because I'm kind of an emotional person. When I hear these stories, yeah, I kind of like I it. Kind of gives me goosebumps. But yeah. if you could have one last conversation with your dad, yes. what would you tell him? That's interesting because my father always had we me and him were never had conversations in which I'd say hey dad I think I'm going to do this and he'd be like wow really son I'm so proud of you it was just like well duh it was all it was always very much like that yeah, like, you're going to hey, make it hey dad I'm the most googled man in the world and I've got hundreds of millions of dollars duh you're tight whatever like it was we he his expectations of me but they weren't in an arrogant way they were just so ridiculously high it was just well obviously so I don't think we'd talk much about the material successes of anything. My, my father would be happiest knowing that his bloodline is secure and that I exist and my goal is to have 20 sons and that's what he'd be happiest to know and that he's done his job and to know that I pay respect to him every chance I get and I mention him as much as possible and he did a fantastic job with me. The great thing about children is that if you do a good job with them, a truly exceptional yeah. job, they allow you to live forever because my father is only discussed. My father is discussed on the biggest podcast in the world repeatedly yeah. because of me. No, I'm I, such, I love that. Which is good. Yeah. I'm such a fantastic person that <laughs> they discuss my origin, which, makes, which means my dad is discussed. So yeah. if I do a fantastic job with my son, I will be discussed on the biggest podcast of the future. Yeah. And you get to stay alive forever. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be the end goal. And I, I feel that I'm, I'm doing him justice and the, and the ancestors justice and the last name justice. In fact, I know I am. Of course, he'd be exceptionally proud, and then he'd probably whoop me at chess, and then he'd go back to wherever he's chilling. So yeah. that would be it. That's beautiful. Now, do you watch football, by the way? Never. I only watched the World Cup games only to watch England lose because they always lose. But uh, oh. yeah, bro, England, right. England, England, England well, the English in me comes out for football. Yeah, that's I, it. <laughs> I feel like headbutting someone, and then the game's over, and it's back to not caring. Now, okay, I'm sure you know Ronaldo Messi. Yeah, I know those two. Okay, if you had to pick Ronaldo or Messi, I don't have a clue. I don't. I'll, I don't know. I'll, I don't, I'll tell you. Messi naturally talented. Ronaldo hard work. I I, I don't know. I, I I can't choose. I've never watched a Premier League game. I don't watch any of the Arsenal Chelsea stuff. Like I said, I watch. I didn't watch any of the Euros till England got to the final and lost. Yeah. And then I watched one World Cup. I watched two World Cup games, two England games. Now Do you watch basketball? No, they're out. No, I don't, I don't watch that either. Any sports? If there's a really big fight or a really big boxing match once a year, maybe twice a year, I might watch that. All right, talking about that, obviously. That's about it. You're a kickboxing champion. Yeah. Um, recently, you did the whole head-to-head with Jake Paul. Yeah. Is that a fight that could happen? Like, would you fight Jake Paul? Jake Paul is the only one of the YouTube boxers who can actually fight. All the rest of them are complete clowns. Yeah. I don't think Jake and I are going to end up fighting. There's too much negotiations, the paperwork behind the scenes, things I can't discuss publicly. But yeah. I actually like Jake as well. When I first called him out three or four years ago, it would have made a lot more sense for him and me. Yeah. But time passes, things go on, and I don't think there's anyone else worth a billion dollars who's bothered training for YouTube boxing fights. I mean, I, yeah. I have things to do. I have a large business empire, and I have a lot to get done. So Okay. 
Now, moving back onto the business sense, what is your biggest source of income? Where do you make the most money? That's confidential. I can't possibly say that. <laughs> okay. Can't say that. Yeah. Right now, yeah. what is the best way to make money for people watching? What do, what do you think? What is the best way to do it? There, okay, so the days of easy money are gone. I want to like, even in the last two or three years, it was easy money mode. Every idiot you knew was making money. Every clown had made money on a pump. You know, a number of people who thought they were expert crypto traders in the last three years. It's so funny. I'm a great crypto trader. Everything went up. It all went up. Like, what do you mean you're a great trader? You could have bought anything. You bought poo dick coin Don't and made coin. money. <laughs> of course you're a trader. Like that, all that shit's over, right? So all the easy money's gone. It's all cyclical. So all the amateurs are going to start suffering because now we're entering the realm of the professional. And making money is going to be harder than it's ever been. Yeah. All the free money's disappearing. You have to become very, very confident and competent. And that's one of the things about the last few years. Anyone who made money in those years... A lot of them didn't learn any lessons. A lot of them didn't learn how to make money. They just got lucky and just picked up a pump or caught an eye, caught some garbage. But they didn't actually learn anything specifically. The best way to make money in the world today certainly has to be something online. I think that making money online gives you absolute freedom of your own geography. It gives you access to the largest possible customer base. And there's 18 different modern wealth creation methods that we teach yeah. inside of the real world that will allow people to make money online. So that's going to be a, a nice, easy plug to go there. But it's it's interesting. It's a, it's an attention economy. And truthfully, without saying too much, you either need to be prepared to get a whole bunch of attention on you, like we're all yeah. doing here, or you need to be close to somebody who's doing that. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the money is flowing nowadays. Now, look, I, I'm a person that believes in people do change. Um, before I continue this topic, what's like, do you, do you, would you say you made a lot of mistakes? No. You used to have a webcam business. A lot of people, let's say, would say that's wrong. Number one, just generally morally wrong yeah a lot of people might say well you are scamming people i sit here and i do not think i've made any mistakes every single action i've taken has led me here and i'm yeah. very happy with where i am so i've not made any mistakes as for scamming people i think the industry as a whole is a scam yeah but i was not scamming people any more than anyone else involved in the industry i think and i personally think the industry is a scam however a lot of the men who are involved and send money to girls on webcams don't think it's a scam. They like it and they enjoy it and they think it's totally worth it. So I think it's a scam, but they don't. So yeah. it's their prerogative. But let's say like your son wanted to do this business one day. Would okay. you say, son, it's great, go for it? Or would you rather he, he does something? Yeah, as in, it wasn't a mistake. It was part of your journey. I get it. But uh, would you kind of advise done. like, That's already the past, I needed I'm to just... do it to get here. But like, as in like, if you don't need to do it, don't do it. Well, it won't, it won't exist much longer anyway. But to, to, to stay inside the parameters of the question. Yeah. If my son were to come along and say, I found a job that I'm going to take exceptionally serious. It involves opening a webcam studio, but it's going to allow me to bring the entire family out of poverty and we're going to make millions of dollars and I'm going to take it seriously and work very hard. I'll say, good, congratulations, do it. We can talk about the specifics of the webcam industry for hours, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's beneficial. But, but, I don't, but, but we can. But to sit and pretend that that industry is somehow worse than the pharmaceutical industry forcing people to have poison injections that they don't want or the arms dealing industry or, or destroy or the industry of war destroying people who are walking through a field for no reason. The, most industries are actually far more heinous than a man and a woman laughing together on a webcam. Yeah, so so yeah. it's, it's, it's really not... A, a big deal. But like there's so many options of businesses out there. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> I mean, you, you, I you, you say that. You say there's so many options of businesses out there, but it's this was 10 or 11 years ago, and 10 or 11 years ago, even making money on the internet didn't exist like it does today. Yeah. Podcasting didn't exist. Yeah. YouTube didn't exist. Like it was just MySpace and, and, and brand new Facebook. And 
I, I don't think that many people would sit and, and find a way to make a lot of money with a with a very profitable business and go, oh, no, let me throw this away and just find another yeah. one. That's not how the world works. Now, okay, right now, if I gave Andrew Tate a trillion dollars. Is that it? <laughs> okay, let's say an amount if I gave really you, no, 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 no. If I gave you a trillion dollars, okay. what would you spend it on? The problem is there's nothing to buy. I already have this problem. Yeah. And I already have the problem that there's genuinely nothing to buy. You buy some clothes. You got some clothes. Yeah. I have 30-something cars. You get all your cars. I keep buying new ones because there's nothing else to buy. Yeah. You buy 20 diamond watches. Okay, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing to buy. I have everything, bro. There's, I, I need someone to invent something that I want. I don't want anything that I can already afford everything on the planet. Buy the moon. I don't know. Buy a spaceship. I don't really want to go to space. Do you, do you believe there's life outside of Earth? Yes. I don't know if that, uh, how that fits in religiously, but I do, I do think that logically it would make sense. So do you believe in aliens? Yeah. Yes. Do you? I, I definitely do. I think definitely, like, if I don't, if I don't think that there are aliens, it would just be a very sad life. Like, we're just going to live and die and that's it. Completely. What, what do you think the purpose of life is, actually? From an animalistic perspective, we're just here to procreate and, and reproduce and spread our genes. But perhaps it's a journey of discovery. Because I always think like there's 7 billion of us, right? And we're, we're all going to die. But why does it have to have a purpose? Who said life has to have a purpose? But it, wouldn't it suck? Like we're just going to live, die, live, die. Like what's, there must be something we're not like. Sometimes life sucks, bro. Sometimes, so? yeah. Well, I, I mean, I could answer the question from a religious perspective. I can answer the, cash, the question from an evolutionary perspective. But to answer the, qu- the question from a philosophical perspective, there doesn't have to be a meaning. Yeah. Sometimes things just suck. Bro, there are babies that are born that die same day. It's just unfortunate. That's just yeah. life. Nothing has to make sense. It doesn't always have to make sense. Yeah. Do, do you think life is a test? If it is, I would like to think that the number one test is if you're going to be true to yourself and honest in the face of all adversities and all the people trying to tell you to be quiet because I think everybody's facing a similar version of a much smaller version of what I'm going through. You're trying to tell the truth and people are trying to stop you from doing it and tell you you're wrong. Yeah. But I think you should just be true to yourself and true to your heart. I think that's the true test because that's where real happiness lies. I want to make it very clear to people that you're never going to be happy if you're not honest with yourself and living your true experience that you want to live on this planet. When you're on your deathbed, you're going to look back at your life and say, did I do what I really want to do? Did I say what I really want to say? Did I call Balenciaga pedophiles? Yes or no? That's what you're going to look back on. So uh, you have to find the honesty and the bravery to do that because that's the most important thing you can do as a person. Getting onto the topic of women. Now, before I ask the questions, how, how's your, because obviously you have a mom and you have a sister. Yeah. How's your relationship with your mom and sister? Good. Do you think women can be leaders, like presidents? Do you think that's a role that kind of fits them? or? I think that the qualities needed for effective leadership are innately masculine. I think that some of the best leaders in history who were female, for example, Margaret Thatcher, were only good at the job because they had very masculine qualities. So to say, can women be leaders? Well, if, if women act like men, can they be leaders? Well, yes. But I guess that would answer the point that intrinsically men are evolutionarily designed to be better at leadership than females. Because for a female to be good at leadership, she has to adopt masculine qualities. Now, this is a funny one because I, I saw this um, and my sister, she loves music. What's uh-huh. your favorite song? Um, currently, uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of Drake's albums. So. Oh, Drake. You like Drake? No comment. 
Drake or Tupac? Well, Tupac. Tupac's, Tupac's a real gangster. I mean, come on. Like, Drake is what's it, from Canada or something. Who, what, who, snow. What happens in Canada? Nothing. All right. Injections, <laughs> vaccines, and fucking <laughs> bullshit. Canada. Now, you made music videos in the past? Uh, I messed around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and by the way, this that. is the only part which I'd say, like, I'll, that's the one mistake you made, I think. <laughs> Well, I'm not talented, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you wanted to do the music video? No, I've already described this. I've just discussed this before. I was proving a point to a friend of mine who said he was working on an album for a very long time. And I was explaining that the number one key to making money is speed. We teach us inside of the real world and inside of the war room. If you want to get rich, you have to act quickly. You have to do things fast. Speed is rule one. Not enough people understand the, the importance of speed because... Every hour you spend not making money is an hour you're not going to get back. The sooner you turn on the tap to the money, the more money you're going to make. You have to be very, very quick. And he was talking about uh, he's going to release an album. And every time I saw him, he kept saying, I'm working on my album. And it took him months That's and months. That's exactly my sister. There you go. Months and months. So I made these songs. And I didn't make them to try and become a musical star. I made them to prove a point that you can make a song in a day. I made a song, wrote it, made the song, and filmed the video in a day. To prove that, bang, if you're serious, you can do it. So people say, I'm working on my album for months. Thank That's you. That's exactly And uh, it doesn't take months to make an album. You're just wasting a whole bunch of time. You can do it in a week. Get to work. Yeah. Get to work, young lady. Get it. Come on, I'll buy it. I'm waiting for you. Would you Let's write some lyrics right now. I'll help you. Ready? <laughs> what should we sing about? Yeah, if you, if you say anything right now, I'll just feature it in a song. <laughs> Lana Rose featuring Andrew Tate. Come on, let's, let's make a song give, right give now. Give me some lyrics right give now. Give me a lyric. I know this could be a great feature. We have the the, the mics and everything. I used to write uh, poems on my Instagram until they deleted. I've been, me. Moving, I've been diff- moving different for you. Been moving Don't different make for you. Me Good. It. Okay. You're the uh, exception. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I've been yeah. breaking all the rules. I, okay, I, I, I think. Can, can we say that? Can I get you on a feature song right now? <laughs> I've been moving different for you. <laughs> Perhaps my feature price has gone up along with the TikTok views. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to work it out. Now, do you watch YouTubers? By the way, never. All right, well, we're just going to throw this one out the way. Yeah, I mean, you can say some names. I might know them, but I do not. Do you, I do not do you know Mr. Beast? I know who he is, yeah. I know what he does, yeah. Um, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. Yep. I know, who, I know who they are. I know who KSI is. KSI. But I never watch these people, ever. I never watch their videos, ever, ever. PewDiePie? Never. Have you heard of PewDiePie? I heard of him, yep. Never watch his stuff. If you have to rank them. I never watch their things. I don't know. We'll put Logan at the bottom because he's on steroids. <laughs> he's on a bunch of steroids. So we'll put By him way, at the way, do you think Logan's on steroids? Think. Let me fucking think. I'm a professional. I do not think. I know. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, I don't sit and think. I don't make accusations like this out to the world by, oops, oh, I think. No, I know. And I know very well. I can tell you exactly the drugs he's fucking on, along yeah. with everything else recreational, because the guy's constantly out of his fucking head. I yeah. know everything about Logan Paul. Everything. It's been a while since I've seen you do podcasts. Yeah. And obviously, everyone wants the exclusive. Yep. What's an untold story? I have, I have so many untold stories. Give us three. I mean, if you have some, just no, give us three. Each of my stories is like 45 minutes long. All right. An untold story with a little secret, something that I can, you know, what's, what's your untold story right now? A lot of people think my life is so interesting and they think the things I say are so controversial and interesting and they're 5% of what's in my head. Yeah. I could say so much more controversial things. I could say things far more abrasively and I have stories which are far more interesting than the ones anyone's ever heard. Yeah. And I only tell a very small percent because I have to protect myself and the people I care about. Just, just one, right? Now just give us one I, untold story. I can't, bro. It's gonna, it's, it's, it, there's too many questions involved around all of it. I can't. Like maybe about like a funny date. Oh, okay. I heard this from a TikTok video. I don't think you're gonna answer it. Does Andrew Tate have children? 
I perhaps could have some. Do they look like you? <laughs> well, if they were if they were mine, they would probably look like me. Damn. If if I had. But like, how would they know? Because genuinely, I heard, and I was like, this. They seemed like they had a lot of information. I mean, like, yeah, you never deny. Yeah, it's starting. <laughs> it's starting to spread the idea. There were people for a long time who said. And the way Andrew talks about women, women hate him and he's going to be lonely forever. You know what's actually funny about this whole misogynistic crap that came out about me? Yeah. Do you know that I get thousands of emails a day from women yeah. who adore me? Yeah. The amount of women who say, you're a real man, you, you stick up for family values, you're a traditionalist, you sound like the exact kind of guy my dad wants you to be with, yeah. you sound like my dad and my brother. Yeah. I get thousands of women who completely adore me for the things I say. So I, I don't have any problem with loneliness and... Obviously, I talk a lot about legacy and how important it is to have children. So whether I have children or not, it's something that I'm going to want one day. The only reason I don't be very clear on this is because there's a bunch of feral psychopaths on the Internet who dislike me. So I could have zero children. I could have 10 children. And uh, I'm not going to put their faces anywhere. If you were to have a superpower, what superpower would you pick? I would have the ability to speak and everybody absorb my knowledge and words and understand that I'm ultra intelligent. A basic superpower. We're talking. I about already that. have the superpower. Here we okay, are. Yeah. I'm the most googled man on the okay. planet. You should have been more specific. Okay, no. As in, like, like I want to fly. I want to visible. Read someone's I wanna brain. Throw fire. I want to. You can't just know, say something you have already and just say this. Is, that's I true. I have a lot of superpowers already, so I'll define one I don't have. It, okay, choose between flying. Or being invisible. No, no, that big. You, know, you might want to just read someone's brain. No, no, these two. I want to know. Well, I'd like the idea of being invincible, living forever and being invincible. That invisible. would be cool. Invincible would okay. be cool. But being invisible, I guess, could be useful also. But all in all, I don't think it'd be that useful for critics. Let's talk about this for like professionals. Now we're going to go yeah. into depth. Yeah. They're going to regret this question. Okay. Being invisible wouldn't be that interesting for finding out the things you actually really want to find out outside of bullshit chit-chat and girl drama because most sensitive conversations are happening inside of facilities that you couldn't penetrate even if you were invisible. So you wouldn't be able to like spy on the government or nothing because you can't get into the buildings. So who would you be able to to listen to? Your girlfriend or your friends or some crap? But But I don't think that would be useful because I can already read girls' minds. I can look at women and instantly read her mind. Women's minds are very readable. Did you know this? No, they're I, super I readable. with that. Men say, oh, women are confusing and complicated. No, they're not. Women are simple as they can be. They show you exactly how they feel instantly. It's easy to read a woman, easy to see if she's mad, easy to see if she's sad. That All you have to do is work out why. Usually it's some dumb bullshit reason. You can look at a woman in her eyes and read her mind. So I can already read women, women's brains. So I don't think being invisible would be that useful. Flying, I can already fly anytime I want to private jet. I want superpower. I want to be able to do something else. I want to be able to, I don't know. I have to think about it. I'm not sure. This is difficult. I have to think. What's one lesson you've learned the hard way? I've learned all of my lessons the hard way. Uh, Life only teaches you lessons the hard way. There's no other way to truly learn a lesson. The thing is you'll notice about people is that when life is trying to give them a lesson the easy way, they'll ignore it. Oops. Oh, like you'll see it all the time. People will, some, they'll have close call, close call, close call, close call. They won't pay attention until something really bad happens. And then they'll be like, oh no, I'll do anything to take this back. Yeah. That's how people learn. No one learns the easy way. It takes a very smart person to learn the easy way. Everybody only learns the hard way ever. Question. Has your heart ever been broken? Completely. Everybody's heart's been broken. Every single man, every single woman has been through a period where they wanted someone back who didn't want them. Difference between me and everyone else is I never left my my pride or my dignity go out the window for it. That's the big problem with a lot of this heartbreak stuff. It's not that you're feeling heartbroken is bad. That's part natural part of the human experience. You just can't sacrifice your dignity for it. Yeah. We did a podcast before. It wasn't my podcast. It was Tam. 
And I think we're kind of having a little debate about this stuff, right? Yeah. Back then we were talking, would Andrew Tate ever settle with one woman and purely one woman and just never like mess around with other women? No, I will never do that. Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't settle with one, purely one. Well, you'll have one that you super care about. You'll have one which is the queen. You'll have one which has your family. You'll have one which is going to be above all others. You'll have one that you adore. Yeah. But it could be the same with cars. I could have one I truly love and I could just pick up another one for a spin. What's your opinion on... Like, I'd like to know my sister's opinion on this topic because this is obviously something that I guess she just wants to stay quiet I mean, about right now. What do you think? Andrew Tate says men can have more than one woman and this is a norm and this is how it should I be. I think it's obviously something that should be first discussed like with the girl initially. Like, I mean, I personally... Hi, Andrew. I'm the girl. I don't want you to have more than one girl. So, no, but that's the thing. If he... If they don't... If, like... Yo, be That's, honest, because my sister has very strong opinions about so this off camera. Very, um, but then when I, I told her, I was like, Andrew's going to come here and you're just not going to say it. So my main thing, and uh, like when I look for someone, is loyalty and trust. Like it just... I can't like if there's no loyalty and trust and like look that's the thing um, I would obviously ask these questions um, like in the beginning so to clear it up and I think that's what it is no like, it wouldn't work that way because no man's going to sit there and say yeah I'm going to cheat on you so you can't have discussions about it and I understand you look for loyalty and I agree you should have a man who's loyal to you but men show loyalty in different ways than women women show, lo- show loyalty through sexual exclusivity men don't show loyalty that way men show loyalty in a bunch of other ways one of them's financial the other is taking care of the woman the fact that I would have a woman that I pay her bills, take care of her, give her a sheltered life, spoil her, look after her, try and make her smile, give her all these things, put her on private jets, take her around the world and make sure that she's happy in nearly all realms with no concerns. That's loyalty. Uh, just because I spend a night with one random chick every once in a while does not mean I'm not loyal to her. Whereas a woman is the completely opposite way. Men for the longest period of human history have not been sexually exclusive. And now we're living in a world where we pretend it's normal for men to be sexually exclusive. They never have been. So, and we're also in a part of the world now where most men have more than one wife. So it's kind of interesting to see. Do you think that's okay, Lana? I mean, I don't think like old guys are like that. Of course, because you can get a Nissan. Isn't it great how life goes full circle? Yeah. You can get a nice, reliable Nissan. Nobody wants to Nissan but you, because to you it's trusty and old. It's got a bit of rust, but it's okay. But guess what happens when you're a Ferrari? Everybody wants to spin. That's life. That's life. And if you're going to be with a top-tier male, you're going to have to accept. If you're going to be with one of the best men on the planet, the most desirable men on the planet, who fixes all of your problems, who's hyper-competent, who can get all of the things that you need done, done, who excites you, who's interesting, who's spontaneous, who takes you nice places, you're never bored to spend time with him, you're never bored in bed with him, he never lets you down, you're going to have to accept that this man is going to eventually, over a long enough time period, occasionally do some extracurricular activity. And you're just going to have to accept it and get over it and ignore it. Because that's what happens yeah, when you have okay, a top tier okay. male. Okay, here, here. One, look, listen. First off, if I were to agree on something polygamous, it would be in the sense that the guy would have them like the four wives, right? Okay? But I won't agree on a guy being like with 20, 30 girls, like outside of being like serious. You know what I mean? So I don't think like... I mean, I've seen from uh, previous, like, people that I know, like, they sort of, like, the lady knows that the guy is with so-and-so, so he already knows, like, the girls, and they've already been uh, sort of introduced, because he sort of lets her know. But I just don't, I personally, as a woman, I don't like having, like, an unknown, like, guy Look, with I'll, millions I'll you, of people. Andrew said this to me last night. He said, listen, if I'm a high-value man... That even I'm not going to tell my woman, but she's not dumb enough to not know that I'm not messing around with but other women. I, but like with a million people, like, I just think like, there mean, should be limit to things. I, I think it's very unhealthy. Everything, if you do too much of it in life, it becomes very do, unhealthy. Do you think that makes Andrew a bad person? 
I'm not here to judge him. Only God judge can me. judge him. Judge no, me. I, I would like. Okay, I based on him God saying, listen, I will judge. never be fully and utterly loyal to my girl. Judge but me. Does that make him bad? I mean, did you tell your girl that? No, he won't. Are you not honest with your girl? No, but okay, okay, okay. So let's 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 stay here for one thing at a time. Firstly, I want to destroy the uh, the myth of females pretending they want honesty because they don't. So when you're honest with women, you get just headache on both sides. They don't want honesty. When you come to a woman with with honesty, it's just it, it it they're not ready to handle it. They are not prepared for it, and it also lowers your status as a man. I don't have to sit there and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this." Da da da. The point is this. Point is this. Every king, every sultan, every sheikh since the dawn of human time had more than one woman. All of them. Every single one, always. That's all been, all of recorded history and the modern world. So to sit and come along and say that king-level men, not Joe Schmo, king-level men are going to be stuck with one woman and they're not allowed to do anything else outside of it ever is garbage. If you go and you actually experience time with top-tier males, if you go hang around with a Russian oligarch or you go hang around with the richest guy in Bangkok or you hang around with anybody anywhere on the planet, he has more than one woman. That is a fact. So I'm, I'm not against okay. it. So if you're a woman and you prioritize loyalty, sexual exclusivity, not loyalty, because like I said, male loyalty is different than female loyalty. I am completely loyal to my woman. I can be completely loyal to all my women at once. I'm completely loyal because I fix all their problems and I tolerate them and go out with them and deal with all their crap. So I'm very loyal. I don't think that's I'm the very loyal. definition of loyalty. It is. That no, but it is. But it is. That is the definition of masculine loyalty. But if we're going to talk about sexual exclusivity, if you're going to prioritize sexual exclusivity over all the other things, that's fine. That is like prioritizing reliability of a car. Get a Nissan. But if you're going to prioritize the man's ability to fix your problems, his financial means, his looks, his ability to make you excited, his ability to make you have fun, his status, his fame. If you're going to prioritize those things all above sexual exclusivity, then get a Ferrari. Yeah, then you get fun. You get excitement. That's okay. life. You can't get it all. You okay, can't have it all. I have to be more specific. Okay, look. I'm totally for a guy being serious like with the woman, taking care of the woman. I get that. Okay. But what I'm against is a guy going out there um, and hurting women. Like, you know, women who look up to them, they like them and they just go with them like and, you know, the, the girl feels used and they don't like they don't take them seriously. I just think that that behavior is what I don't support. I feel like, OK, if you're going to have multiple girls and wives, whatever, like you should be committed to them. OK, so you agree with multiple wives. Yeah, I obviously because, you know, I'm Muslim. I really as long as so there's I transparency. Feel like, I feel like, you know, um, a guy taking if he has the potential to take care of more than one woman. Um, it's acceptable, but I don't believe that a guy should start like playing games with women. Well, I don't you know think it's I mean. about playing games. I don't. A lot I, of guys are doing this for fun. Okay, but women women are sovereign individuals, and if they decide to be with a man, if they're a full grown adult, they decide to be with a, with a man, right? You, we we can't be. I don't want to be misogynistic here. But I don't like want to be a misogynist. Are, like deceitful, they 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 really trick women. They what? say a lot of things. They say they, things they aren't bring, true. Yeah, and I don't agree with women that. do the same to men. Not all women. Of course, not all women. Not all men. That's human nature. That's my point. That's human nature. But we're discussing the specifics, and I'm just trying to make the point that women who say, I want a man who is loyal, that matters most to me, that's doable and that's fine if you sacrifice a bunch of other qualities. But if you don't sacrifice those qualities, the kind of man you are looking for is never going to be loyal. You have to make a choice. And I use the car analogy because to me it's so simple. I don't know what the confusion is. If you prioritize reliability, you get a Nissan. If you prioritize performance, get a McLaren. You cannot have both. 
Your McLaren might be a little bit reliable and the Nissan might have a little bit of performance, but you cannot have Nissan reliability and McLaren performance in one vehicle. That is against the laws of nature. It's against physics. It's against reality. Now, I'll, you must choose. I'll jump in. I, I definitely like agree to a certain extent what you're saying, but why not just be transparent about it? Well, you, you, there are women out there that would agree yeah, to would. this, and I know you I've can seen be. It. You can be, but I'm not saying. The point is, it's about me specifically. You can be, and I'm not even going to tell you whether I am transparent or not transparent. I'm just talking about in general. You can be transparent. That's up to you. It's, it's up to every man who decides what they want to do. And but it's I, so much more peaceful. You know what I mean? Cool. Like the girl is totally happy. She'll start hanging out with your other wife or your other girl, and they become best friends. And you know, life is less stressful because you agreed. Can agreed. But the actions. My point is that the actions are not dependent upon transparency. The actions are going to take place anyway if you have that kind of man, whether he's transparent or not, or whether you accept it or not. That's just how it's going to be. So but would you be transparent? That's our question. I don't lie. I'm not a liar. But I'm not also going to sit my woman down and go, hey, it's 9 a.m. By the way, I'm going to do this today. No, like, no, no. If so, she asks So if your girl you, says, hey, Andrew, like. Who's this uh, chick? Oh, yeah I, yeah. I was with her a few days ago. Don't worry about it. Done. Now, actually, this is something I've never seen anyone do with you. Maybe you won't even do it with me. But it's actually kind of a silly one. But I want to do an Andrew Tate IQ test. Well, IQ, IQ test is, is pattern recognition. This is just general knowledge. Here. Okay, general knowledge. Okay, let's, right. let's, let's make it clear because if it's all pop culture crap and I get it wrong because I don't consume pop culture, I don't want to <laughs> think I have a low IQ. All right, so first question, all right? What metal is heavier, gold or silver? Gold. That is correct. What are the first three planets in our solar system? Mercury... Venus, Earth. Are you serious? He got that? That's correct. What? How did you know? I have no I idea. I forgot that. I was going to say the moon. What is the most widely spoken language in the world? It's either English or it's Mandarin Chinese. It's Mandarin Chinese. What? Wow. This guy is super All right, guys, This is not planned. Right, this is not, you're just going to make it look like... Okay, a lot smarter than I thought. How many countries are there in the world? That's a really oh, good question. Really 172? It's 195. I didn't know that either. No, I didn't know. Not so smart after all. All right. Long well, it's constantly changing because a bunch of countries are new as well. South ah. Sudan, North Sudan. That was oh, quite yeah. recent. Okay, so it's he, constantly he changing. Know. All right. Longest river in the world? The Nile. No, the Amazon. It's the Nile. Uh, First answer, almost. Which president is on a US $1 bill? George Washington. Yep. Okay. Which state is Area 51 in? Nevada. <laughs> Why would you yeah. know that? Are you part of the? Are you part of that part little of the conspiracy theory? Part of the Matrix. Uh, how do you know these questions? Like literally, I don't. Like, these are written like five how, minutes for ago. For real? Like, do you study some no. like information online, no. or is this stuff you've been no. talking to Just, people? Just uh, busy attacking the Matrix and and finding the truth. That's all all right, this is something you might know because obviously this is like down your field. Who was assassinated on February 21, sixty-five? Oh, JFK. Malcolm X. Is oh, that- Malcolm X? Oh, sorry. I don't know why I said JFK. I well, as soon as you said assassinated, JFK came to mind. All right. That is our little quiz. I think, uh, what was that, like nine out of ten? Yeah, he did. Uh, I did all right. I did all right. right. Now, yeah. obviously, we're almost done. I want to ask you, what is the best advice you could give to someone out there watching this? The best advice I can give to somebody out there watching this is as follows. If you've watched all of the podcasts so far, you must be semi-interested in my point of view. You must understand that I am saying things to the, in a semi-censored degree because we are here live broadcasting to the world. 
But if you agree with what I'm saying, the best thing you can do, the best advice I can genuinely give you is go to corporatetake.com and sign up for my email list because there I can tell the truth completely uncensored. I send an email absolutely every day on all various topics, whether it's modern news and current events or traditional evolutionary biology and all the things we've been discussing in this podcast. The best advice is to sign up to my email list there. We, we discuss money is a big factor. How much money is enough money? $36 million. 36. 36. When you have $36 million in the bank, there is absolutely nothing that you can't do or basically buy. And you can go to the best hotels. You can go to the best places. You can rent planes and boats. You don't need to buy one. You can buy the best cars. Your kids are secure. Uh, er You can make sure with clever investments you're earning enough per month to live a very good life. A a good life costs about half a million dollars a month. You can do that. Half a million dollars a month? That's what a good life costs, yeah. Wow. Minimum, and I, minimum if not and minimum, I, minimum. I heard you say this somewhere. You said life is getting more expensive day by day. I, yeah. I, so I spend between half a million dollars and a million dollars a month on life. That's how much it costs to live a good life. If wow. you want if you want to have staff, look after all your supercars, have your cars moved around the world, fly on private jets all the time, stay in hotels, eat in, in nice rooms, eat yeah. out every day, not have to ever cook. If you, by the time you add it all up, it's about half a million to a million dollars a month. That's what I spend now, base minimum. Do you think, can money buy happiness? Money is an amplifier. Yeah. So money does not change who you are. It amplifies who you are. If you're one of the people who's constantly miserable and you get rich, you're going to stay very miserable and end up a drug addict. If you're one of the people who's happy, hang around with his family and gets rich, you're going to have great times with your family and be happier. It amplifies. It doesn't change yeah. anything. It'll make you sadder if you're already sad, happier if you're already happy. It'll make you more. It'll make you pa- super powerful if you're already powerful. It'll make you a loser if you're already a loser. It amplifies. Money does not make the man. Man makes the money. So you must make sure, especially as a man, that you're important and influential and powerful and your head is straight and you're mentally strong before you get a bunch of money in the bank. How much money is too much money? A billion. A billion? Yes, because then you're on too many federal agency lists. Trust me. But now you're on that list. Unfortunately, yeah, that's sort of problem. But okay, the thing is, I heard a few months ago you said I'm worth around three, four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, suppress my your your actual. So right now, so let's put it this way: Forbes have been in touch to put me on the billionaires list. Oh wow! Do you want to be there? You're like, nope. Well, they're like they're asking for paperwork. I'm like, no, sir. I'm not stupid. Damn. Keep me off that list, then. Get fucked. All right. Now, do you think China is a threat to us? That's a really good question. That's a, that would that would take me an hour to answer in and of itself. <laughs> I don't think that it's about threats. I think that we live. Sorry, uh, the geopolitical order of the Earth is currently changing. That's for sure. Things are changing now, and the West is dying. And the West's dominance over the culture and over the world is going to be replaced by another power or another pair of powers. And it's going to be interesting to see how the world shapes from there on out. But the Chinese are partic- they're extremely hardworking and they have a very controlled society and it's hard to compete with them because of how efficient they can be. Let's yeah. Now, obviously, you have the hustlers. Okay, real world now. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people say education is like a form of control. Yeah. So do you think right now the modern education system is them just trying to control us, brainwash us? Well, what have you learned in modern education that's ever helped you with your life? Pythagoras theory. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Everything that you learn in the modern educational system is a waste of time. None of it helps your life at all. Yeah. And most of the time, especially in the West, you end up in debt to learn things you don't need. And yeah. they do that to get you already inside of the slave machine. So you have to quickly get a job and pay all this money back and sit there and slave away your job forever. If they really cared about you and they wanted you to learn things and know things, then they would teach you about how tax works, how money works, how business works. They don't teach you any of that. 
They'll never teach you anything about anything important that can genuinely improve your life. They just teach you things to keep you inside of the slave mindset. It's an indoctrination camp. It's all garbage. I teach more about how to make money in my school for $49 a month than you will ever learn in a business MBA for $100,000 from Harvard. Yeah. Because I'm actually trying to pe- teach people how to make money because I exist. My school doesn't exist in a vacuum either financially. You have to understand the educational system exists in a vacuum. You can only get the loans if you use the loans to go to school. Yeah. And in the West, if they were to say, here's $100,000, do you want to go to school with it or do you want to do something else with it? Nobody would go to school, but you can only get the money if you go to school, which means the school doesn't have to be competitive. It's not competing against any of the other avenues yeah. of generating money in the world. So they get to just completely scam you and waste your time and waste years of your life and teach you nothing. But my school exists out in open economy. You can spend your money on my school or you can spend your money on a Nando's or something else. Yeah. So you're only going to stay in my school if you're genuinely getting your money's worth. And that's why the fact we have 161,000 students shows how powerful and potent and effective my school is. Now, you're making lots of business moves. But what's the, what's the next business move for Andrew Tate? I don't know if I need any more business moves. I have more money than I'll ever need for the rest of my life. I, I have an idea. Sure. I, like, and this is actually a part of your university. So you are, like, as you said, one of the most sought after men everyone listens to. Yeah. But business, it's not really a business idea. Like, do you listen to feedback people give you about your course? I can, but I do, I do actually have a business idea that I'd like to say. But first, let me hear this. Go on. Because one thing that I've realized, like, let's say, by the way, I have tons of people that love your course and yeah. stuff. But why don't you, like, a section of your course, why don't you actually tell people what to do? Because most of it's like other mentors, right? It's my, it's war room professors. So I have meetings with the guys from the war room. The professors inside the real world are war room soldiers, war room guys that we vetted and made sure they're all millionaires in their own personal field. And I have meetings with them above and then they teach below the individual different segments. But as the real world evolves, there is a section specifically on me and I do write in there every day. Okay. Now, actually, you mentioned this and something just popped up to my head. Do you believe in magic? Yes. I heard somewhere there's a guy you have in your war room He's a hypnotist. He's, he's, not, a a, hypnot- he's not a magician. He's a hypnotist. Well, I believe in magic in regards to the idea that you can do exceptional things if you have enough self-belief. Self-hypnosis is ultra-powerful. Have you ever never, you've never hypnotized yourself? No, no. I, I don't know how to. Every word that comes out of your mouth is self-hypnosis. Do you consider yourself a strong person? Yes. Do you say, I am strong? No. Why not? Just don't say it. Do you think if you say I am strong on repeat overall in a, in a long enough time frame, if you keep saying I am strong and truly believing it, that you'll be stronger? No. Well, then you're wrong. You would. Really? Of course. Right. Self, self-hypnosis. You have to believe in yourself. You have to say things. If I were to tell you right now I could rip your head off with one finger, you wouldn't want me to try. I mean, because you're a big guy. Because you know I mean what I say. Okay. This is my exact point. Is that what if I look at a man's eyes and tell him, I'm gonna, I tell him, listen, don't touch her. I'm going to hurt you. That's yeah. hypnosis. So okay. like a if he complies, then it's hypnosis, right? I guess so. Life is hypnosis. It's all hypnosis. Actually, do you believe in parallel universes? There are many different versions of the universe, but in all of them, I am fighting the Matrix. There's because not a single if, one where I'm not in battle against the machines, Mo. And every yeah. single one, I'm in battle against the because machines. Because if you think, everyone says, like, we are not real. Nothing is real in life. Do you, well, that's do you, cope. That's just cope to make excuses for being a lazy piece of shit. Obviously, you did, you did say you invest, but what is like, is there any companies that you would look into buying? I actually, my next business idea, I'm going to open a Tate Center. So I'm going to buy a big warehouse here in Dubai. And I'm going to put Tate Center on it. I'm going to put like 20 supercars in it. And we're going to have coffee and a cigar lounge and merch, really? merchandise. And I'll do my live podcast from there. And I'll meet fans there. And we're going to do it. It's going to be a huge project here in Dubai. It's going to be massive. Anybody who listens to somebody who's worth a billion dollars 
talking about how to make money and says he will teach you, him and his team will educate you on how to make money online from your phone, from home for $49 a month and doesn't sign up, doesn't deserve to be rich yeah. because you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Worst case, you join for $49, you try for a month and you're too stupid and you can't do it. You've wasted $49 on lunch. It's not even a big deal, right? Yeah. Anybody who doesn't even try deserves to stay poor forever. But anybody who is hardworking and compendious and, and, and perspicacious and wants to pay attention and is going to do what they're supposed to do, they, they can be successful. Yeah, because I say this a lot to people. Let's say they're like, oh, well, why should I buy a fitness course? I know what to do. Well, why are you not doing it? Then do it then. Yeah, yeah exactly. why are you not doing it? So, but it's not just a course because we don't just tell people what to do. We also mentor people. We actually push you over the finish line. So it's guaranteed to be successful. But we're going to build the Tate Center as well. And the reason I mention that is because when the Tate Center is open – there's going to be certain days it's only open to members of Hustles to yeah. of, of the real world and the war room. So there's going to be certain days where you can only visit if you have a membership to the other subscription. So I'm excited for the Tate Center, and it also gives me an excuse to – a place to put all my cars. Yeah. I have too many cars now. Now, actually, number one, what's your life goals? But apart from that, um, I, I know you've done a lot of charity work, I think, with animals, some yeah. with – like, what's your goals in that sense? Is, like, an ultimate life goal for you to start giving back or – I think I'm giving back quite a lot. I, li- I hear endless – from endless people and I get a lot of emails from a lot of people that I've helped improve their lives yeah. and I've made them feel better. Do I you get, do charity? Like, Yeah, I get thousands of emails from people saying that I've improved their lives and I make them better and I'd like to think that I'm a positive force in the world and people listen to my podcasts and my speech feel better about themselves. I like to think I give clarity, especially to young men who are navigating a world which is trying to sub- subjugate them and I have a lot of young men who stand up and say, you know what, You've, you're the one who makes sense. But yeah, I also I have a charity that rescues stray dogs in Romania, and I've also built a few orphanages in Romania. But I don't talk about it too extensively because I don't do it for publicity. Yeah, I just, I just do it. I do it because it, it makes me feel good, and I want to do good things for the world. All right, now final thing before we end it, um, I, I have pretty much all my questions, but just because the fact that you came here, my sister hated you so much. I know. I want to do so. I want to do so. Don't worry about my feelings. Don't worry about my feelings. It's fine. I'll just cry after the podcast. What do I say? Don't worry about how I feel. Imagine you're having a normal conversation. You just met this person. As in like first impressions because you have so much impressions about him from beforehand but erase all of it. Five minutes. Don't say the word like hate. I didn't say Okay, dislike. No, I don't. I, I don't think just, the five minute I conversation. I never said it. Like you know, it's like I'm trying to defend myself. I just said I was upset. That's the thing. Besides, I, uh, I tell you what we'll do instead. I've already, I've already clarified when you said that I said older women are less attractive, and I've explained that that's in the West, and I've explained this because those women don't keep themselves pure. No. And I, and so, is there is there anything else I've said that you found particularly offensive? No. Only that one thing. Yeah. So everything's fixed now. Yeah. So we're friends. Yeah. High five. Yeah. All right, that's it. We, we made a friendship. Done. All right, guys, that's been Andrew Tate. I, I thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, any final message to people? Uh, just a final thing was your top quotes and like a final message. Yeah, uh, my top quotes, the ones that are most famous are my unmatched perspicacity coupled with sheer indefatigability makes me a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. I've described that one before. It's an extremely important one. I've also given the story of where that comes from somewhere on my Rumble channel. The other one is I allow manipulation to find out where my enemy wants me to go. Then I break, I use my mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrators. And the third one yeah. is what, what color is your Bugatti? So the third one is uh, a little bit less insightful than the yeah. others, but I guess it's kind of useful just sometimes to throw at people. Um, but those are the top three quotes. You can find me on Twitter at Cobra Tate uh, on rumble at Tate speech yeah. where I release videos and then uh, CobraTake.com. I have a free email list and I have information on the real world and the war room. It's all on the, it's all on All right. The well, thank you so much, guys. That's been Andrew Tate. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so Woo. much.
All right, that was amazing, bro. Thank you.